This is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, The Monty Show. Happy Monday. How the heck are you? It's July 24th, 2023, and a lot to get to today. Uh, obviously, we have quite a bit of uh, Big 12 news for you today. The rumors continue to fly, my friends. When is something finally going to happen? At some point. Like, am I the only one who's at a point where it just, something just needs to happen? Something just needs to happen, and I'm ready for it to happen right now. But if the worst happens, you can always call the advocates. The advocates, the best. Injury attorneys in the business, I tell you, every single day, no matter what, you have to have a plan for the worst. Hope for the best. Plan for the worst. If you got in an accident this weekend, if you got hit while you were riding your bike, if you got in a car accident that wasn't your fault, the advocates know what you need to do to protect you and your family and your financial future. And the best part is you never pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. Chat with an attorney live online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at theadvocates.com. Hello, everybody. Let's shout out J-Rod, who was first in today. J-Rod. On a Monday where, by the way, we are just, I think, 400 away from 20,000 subscribers. Let's go, baby. Let's get it done. On the program. Yes, we are just 403 subscribers away. So if you are watching this show and you are not subscribed, hello to everybody on Twitter today. Uh, We are live streaming on Twitter, so we appreciate you guys. Come on over to, to Instagram. Subscribe to Jake and I on Instagram, or I guess it'd be follow us on Instagram, and then matriculate your way to YouTube. Hit the like button, as everybody is doing on YouTube today, and hit subscribe. We would love to have you on board the show. Without further ado, hello, J-Rod. Good to see you. LV Seminole already would like some fart sounds. I don't know. I think we're probably early in the program uh, for flatulence. That's your call, bro. I mean, I mean, do, do we want them or no? One. Just one. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy Severe, hello. Uh, William Lorig says, welcome to the Monty Show. Jake and Monty, glad you could make it. Thank you. I feel so welcome on my yeah. own show. You know, wel- welcome to the show. OG Gary, Better Call Saul, Jay Chapman, how the heck is everybody? Uh, with like I said, without further ado, obviously the rumors are hot and heavy that the Big Twelve will add UConn uh, over the weekend. It started picking up steam that UConn was going to be uh, added to the conference in the next week to ten days. I don't know. We've debated the merits of UConn for many, many weeks and months on this show. And if, in fact, UConn is the first one to get an invite and actually executes that invite, if I'm a Big 12 fan, I, I, I don't know how I feel about that because I don't think there's any doubt, as we've talked about on this show, if you add UConn, you are subsidizing their football program. You are adding UConn for basketball, almost assuredly. Because when you look at Connecticut's football situation, they have a small off-campus stadium They do not generate positive cash flow on football. This doesn't feel like a game-changing move to me, Jake, 
but I understand it from the perspective of, hey, this is a basketball conference trying to generate significantly more revenue in basketball. Yeah, and I think that, you know, not only do they want more money in basketball, I think they want to expand geographically. I think Brett Yormark has said that a number of times, and everyone took that to mean that that he was going to run out into the Pacific time zone, and I still believe he will. I have no doubts about that, but I, I, I think what everyone sort of, you know, maybe the afterthought, I guess is the right way to say it, was, was the East Coast. And I think, you know, the interesting thing with UConn, obviously their football situation, but but what does the deal actually look like? Like, what does UConn, you know, have to commit to as part of getting into a P5? I mean, is there, you know, is, is the conference fully going to subsidize the football side? Or is UConn going to have to commit, you know, some of their own funds to bringing that, bringing that uh, football stadium on campus and getting a more traditional setup and doing it the way it should be done, frankly. So uh, to me, the interesting thing, if UConn were to get uh, or accept uh, their invite, uh, the interesting thing would be how the deal actually would look because this is this has been the thing with, like let's say, Gonzaga the whole time. Yes. Gonzaga is so straightforward because they don't even offer football. It's just a basketball and everything else proposition. So really for UConn, they have a football team, but that's a basketball school. So the football, unfortunately, just complicates things. That doesn't make them a less valuable brand when you want to add them. But I just think you can't, you can't, I, I just have trouble seeing Brett Yormark selling to all the presidents and member institutions in the Big 12 that, yeah, we we want to expand, and UConn's an easy expansion target, but, yeah, we're going to have to subsidize their their entire thing. We're going to have to pay their way in football. I just can't see the conference agreeing to that. I think there's some middle ground that needs to be found. Yeah, and I, and I also don't see a scenario where UConn would join uh, the Big 12 as a basketball only. We were told mm-hmm. by sources a couple of months ago that UConn's all in or they're they're not in at all. So you're not just going to get UConn basketball out of this. And this is very much similar to this conversation that we've had about the Pac-12 and who they would add. And you you have to find the perfect candidates, in my opinion. And when I look at UConn, again, I think the issue is it, it, that football is still king in, in the college football world. And we can sit here and we can fantasize and we can talk about how you know, hey, UConn's great in basketball and we'll forget about football because they don't make money on football. There is no forgetting about football. There is no subsidizing football. If UConn's going to join the Big 12, the minimum bar has to be building an on-campus stadium that will make UConn and by extension the Big 12 money because if you don't do that, it just doesn't make sense. And I love, love, love that the Big 12 is weaponizing basketball revenue. I think that's hugely important. But if you're not going to make money on football and the rest of the Big 12 is going to have to suck up the losses and the lack of TV reach that UConn brings in football, I simply don't believe it's worth it. Even with the the exceptional performance of UConn women's and men's basketball, even with all of that in play, I still don't think it's worth it because football is so critical to the success and the prosperity of a Power Five conference. Thanks. And I, I love this idea that Brett Yormark and the Big 12 are building this immense basketball brand. It's meaningless if you bring in UConn and each school's having to give away several million dollars to cover those losses. I don't believe that that's the smartest way to go about this. And the other thing I would say is have yourself some, hold a minimum bar for excellence if you're Brett Yormark. 
What is the desperation to add UConn? That's the question. Like, mm-hmm. If you ask yourself, why would you add UConn now before you get clarity on the Pac-12 situation that we're going to talk about in a minute? But what is it about UConn right here and right now in this space and time where you're willing to take a loss on college football to, to get a win in college basketball? Because that math does not add up. And I just have real trouble with this for a conference and a guy in Brett Yormark who has made so few mistakes. Right. Really, not um, not even one that you can clearly put your finger on. I believe adding UConn right now, before you were to have clarity on the Pac-12 situation, would be a mistake. I think that would be a leap. That would be adding somebody for the sake of adding somebody, and I don't like it at all. Yeah, and I think that, you know, you have to remember that Brett Yormark's only been the commissioner of this conference for, what, just over a year now or so? I mean, it's not like this guy's been here 10 years, and I think, you know, it feels like he's been in the position a while because he's done so much with his conference in that time, and I think, you know, with great success also comes great responsibility. I mean, you've knocked it out of the park to this point, but again, if you, uh, you know, if you misstep, if, as I've said, if you add a, a, an expansion institution that really is not a great fit in the conference, you know, just as adding a great one would benefit you, adding a poor one really hurts you. And I think, you know, again, this balance of power between basketball and football in the Big 12 specifically, I think is really fascinating because Brett yeah. Normark, his stated goal, his stated mission as a commissioner is to come in and be comfortable with being a disruptor and being innovative and being on the edge with things. And so that's why I say UConn makes sense for the most part, but it only makes sense if your conference isn't shelling out capital to a garbage football program. And that's why I say they're definitely going to have to bring that, that stadium on campus. And I think there's a chance that we, we may see a deal with UConn that we don't see too often. I mean, again, when when you look at, like, Texas and Oklahoma, the only thing with Texas and Oklahoma was how the exit fee was going to work out. We didn't need to talk about stadiums and logistics. We didn't need to talk about any of that. You need to talk about that with USC and UCLA. So that's why I think UConn's cool and everything. But honestly, in expansion, I think the Big 12 has bigger fish to fry. So if they do add UConn, great. But I really think the expansion conversation for the Big 12 is out west and this was more of just like a hey we want to pick up a premier basketball uh uh program or brand if we can and to do that we need to work work out their football situation yeah and listen i think jim mora and and that program are very capable i mean the the problem is you saw a significant bump in attendance at uconn football all the way up to twenty two thousand. I i said a significant they grew their attendance um, by 50% um, to 22,000, you know? So we can sit here and we can dream and we can talk about the one season where UConn was a a, a legitimate program. What was that? 2000 something or whatever. Yeah. But this is not a football school. Program. This football school at the top end, they're going to need at minimum a new stadium. They're going to need, at minimum, probably new facilities all the way around to support the football program. There's not going to be um, – this isn't like you're joining a conference and you're you're winning a lotto ticket. That's not what this is by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you're no SMU with that huge oil man donor base. I should stop. But my point is <laughs> – my point is that you feel like – 
you're going to have to carry UConn for a lot of years yeah. in football. And that that for that exact reason, I don't love it. And I think that goes against the grain of where the conference is going. I mean, again, as we've said on this show many times, even the low-end football program in the Big 12 is trending in a positive direction. Now, that direction may be three wins, right? Yeah. But as long as you're moving forward, as long as you know you won one more game this year than you did last year, you're, you're in a great place. And again, we can't forget, and I know it sounds silly saying this, but we can't forget you just added four new schools. Like, it's not as though you haven't expanded in 10 years. You just added four new schools. So that's why I say, yes, UConn makes sense on the basketball floor, but let's not be in a hurry to add a difficult situation with their football program. Let's make sure the deal is done right. And, and again, I'll just keep saying it, that's why I believe in Brett Yormark, because I don't think they would just add UConn willy-nilly because they can. I think Brett would, would make sure, hey, this is how it has to be. And the last thing I'd say about Brett is once again, you know, doing media, talking about, hey, we run everything by our presidents before we do anything. So this isn't going to catch anyone in the conference off guard. This would surprise nobody. No, I, and, and I would agree with that. And I just think it, it, whether it's, you know, if you go back to, you know, to, I don't know, Skip Holtz or Randy Edsel or, you know, now Jim Mora, you look at these guys, these are good football men, and it's tough to build a program at UConn. And I know they put guys in the NFL, and I know people get excited about that. But I think when you're looking at, at value adds and you're looking at what it takes to grow a program uh, to the level that you need to grow a program right. to compete in a conference, a football conference, a quality of the Big 12, I, I think you're looking at a decade. I think you are looking at a decade. That is the at a minimum. In my mind. All right, let's get your comments. If you're here right now, please make sure you go ahead and hit the like button. We always appreciate that. Uh, Danny Reich Jr. gives us $5 to say Colorado cannot leave before the numbers come out. But CU will be blamed when the numbers drop after they leave. The pack would expand to 16 for the same money. I, I Sure. I mean, if, if that's your opinion, I... I think, and we're going to talk about Colorado in a minute, but I, I, I just don't think anybody's going to blame anybody that leaves the Pac-12. If you leave the Pac-12 to go to the Big, the Big 12, you're, you're, you would only be doing it if the TV deal's less than $25 million. Yeah. So they know what the number is already. And I don't know why this has been such a hard principle for people to grasp. The schools know what the number is. They, they, there's... There's not a matter of, hey, are we are we going to go or are we not? It's, hey, are you guys going to be able to get us more money? Are we going to get a better deal or are we not? They know what the number is. They know what the number is. So we'll talk about that coming up uh, in just a bit. Chase Sleep says, sup, guys. It took UConn less than a decade to go from 1AA football to BCS. A BCS game in the 2000s. They can do it again with a financial windfall. They get from joining the Big 12. What financial windfall are you thinking they're getting? It's the other part of the conversation. Because there's not, this isn't a lotto ticket. What financial windfall is UConn going to get, especially in football? The, the issue becomes, do you have the donor base to raise money to build new facilities? If you do, you need an on-campus football stadium. But the other issue is you don't have a ton of available land, and we've talked about this as well. UConn doesn't have a whole lot of empty fields on campus just waiting for a football stadium. Right. <laughs> it's a large footprint. 
It is a, a, a very large footprint. And I think that's one of your biggest challenges is that you're, you need, you need a better football stadium situation. It, it can't be off campus. However far away from campus it is. It's like 30 ish miles. Yeah, or It's so. far from yeah. campus. Yeah. It is not a, it's not a place where your students can easily get to. Like I said, you only average 22,000 fans and that's a significant jump. But there is no financial windfall for UConn to join the the Big 12. They, are, are you thinking you're getting, A, even if you got a full share, is $31 million of financial windfall where you're like, yeah, let's build a new stadium? Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough, bro. That's not a financial that's windfall. Tough. So I don't know wh- where the idea that there's a financial windfall is coming from. Emma and ZZ World gives us two dollars to see. Obviously, adding to revive the civil conflict. Go big red. I. I don't under. I listen again. This is a move for basketball. That's the only way yeah. you can spin it. You're, you're moving for basketball. You're hoping. You are hoping. That you can help UConn get back into football in a major way. And hey, if that if that happens, great. If it, it, it it's going to take time and years, that's the only thing that I would say. I mean, you look at you look at the TV deal UConn's got. It's about seven million dollars a year just on a baseline before you get to, you know, basketball tournaments and you know extracurriculars on top of on top of what you're getting baseline. So, you know, again, they're not you're not just going to jump into the Big Twelve and be a thirty one point seven or whatever it is. I mean, you you would be. I think if you're UConn, you'd be thrilled with what. 15 double your revenue right i mean i think you'd be thrilled with that but again the best point is even at 15 that's not enough to just construct a new football stadium from you know the plot of land you don't have like i think that's the bigger question where where are we building a football facility and by the way where are we building a football facility uh that's p5 you know, but, but I also think the stadium you have now what is it uh Pratt and Whitney Stadium yeah was only built in like 2000. So that stadium's just 20 years old. Are you telling me you're just willing to walk away from that? That's crazy. Yeah. It, 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 it's just not an ideal football situation. That's the bottom line. And I, I, I am sure that if this story is true and we've heard it from multiple people that UConn is supposedly going to get a, a an invite uh, to the Big 12, I just don't love it. It is what it is. You know, like, I, I I, mean, there's no changing it. Yeah. I just don't love it. John Evans says Tulane greater than UConn, but is Tulane really an option for the Big 12? Mm. Mm, I wouldn't think so. I would not think so. I would I would much more think that um, Tulane's an option or should be an option for the Pac-12. But I'd love to see Tulane in the Big 12. I think yeah. Tulane, New Orleans would be a great ad. Um, I think, yeah, we've... We've debated we've debated Tulane at length on this show. Yeah. Their academics would be a significant lift for for the Big Twelve. A significant lift. Truck stop Gumby, how are you? Jim Mora was a good coach at UCLA. It is that real? Is good coach at UCLA. Nick Saban is a better man than you are. Yeah, I don't know that I would say Jim Mora is Jim Moore is a solid coach. Yeah. He's a he's a solid coach. Yeah. But was he re- was he mm. No. Nah, bro. No. Nah. 
You know, like, I think Randy Edsel did an okay job. Randy Edsel did an okay job. Mora at UCLA was 46 and 30 and 28 and 25 in conference. Ooh. Yikes. His best record at UCLA overall was 10 and 3 in his second and third year. And they went to the Sun in the Alamo Bowl. Just okay. Dude, the reality of the situation is the the UConn football job is a transitional job. Yeah. You're not going to no UConn doubt. to win national championships, right? In football, right? Basketball is different, obviously. But football, it's a transitional job. And, and yeah, Jim Moore is solid. There's no doubt about that. He always has been solid. Uh, you know, I feel like Jim is is somebody who's not going to, you know, disparage your university or embarrass you. But you're not going to be Ryan Day or, like, this top cut of coach. He's just solid. He, he gets the job done. Yeah. And if you look at the coaches in recent times, like Randy Etzel to Paul Pasqualoni, Bob Diaco back to Randy Etzel. Come on, is UConn a, is UConn a destination? Let's. I mean, I think no. we need to be keeping UConn it real. is not a destination. Yeah, come no, on no. now. Purple Haze. Uh, Kansas tries uh, their best to act like a football school, but to no avail. Last year was to no avail. Yeah, I think if you slip back into three win territory this year, they won't. Then you could say that, but that was a that was a more than solid, more than solid program in my opinion. I mean, but you see what I mean with Kansas. Kansas is a perfect example of a basketball school that is improving in football. I'm, notice, I'm not saying they're good, right? I'm not saying they're some world beater. Sure, but by but. The Big 12, I, in my opinion, what we're seeing from their behavior is they're just trying to bring the bottom up, right? Just bring the one-win team to three wins. Bring the three-win team to six wins, right? Bring the eight-win team to ten yeah. wins. That's all you're trying to do in the conference. So I think Kansas is doing fine. Yeah, I think Kansas is fine. I I, I wouldn't – but again, this is it, – it. just in my opinion – and again, this is just my opinion, I don't, and I don't mean to speak for you. I don't know what you think. But yeah. it's a good ad. It's not a great ad. And for NCAA tournament revenue and for all of that, hey, it's a it's it's fine. Yeah. But it's not gonna be something that is end of the world. It's yeah. not gonna be something that's game changing. I wish I could tell you that it was. It's not. Yeah. It certainly is not. And I I think that's just the I think that's just the reality of the situation. I I, I don't know how else you you know, I don't I don't know how else you spin it. Big Jack 512 says CU won't get a full share uh of the pack deal. Grant of rights nets out on equal premium for you. Like how do you it, with all due respect, like saying that CU won't get a full share of the pack deal, like you have no idea what goes into that conversation. Yeah. I love this. I love that everybody is all of a sudden a conference commissioner and a university president. And you have no idea what goes, you have no idea what, like if you ask yourself, if you're Colorado and big Jack five twelve in a, in, you know, Houston is saying you won't get a full share of the pack deal. What sense does that actually make? If you're Colorado, are you staying in the Pac-12 if somebody's like, "Yeah, we'll give you a 75% deal?" No. You you're not, at this point you're a legacy member of the Pac-12. Why would you not get a full share of a Pac-12 deal? That makes zero sense. Pac-10. And if you're Colorado 
and you're going to the Big 12, why would you go for 75%, for 50%? Because you're going to make less money than you would in the Pac-12, so you wouldn't go. Yeah. It, it, it wears me out that people think, well, I mean, they're just going to the Big 12. They're going to get 50%. Why would they go? Why would they go? I I don't I, that I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, again, you have to remember the the schools are are going to do w- everything that they can do to put themselves in the best position possible. And again, the real victims here that nobody wants to talk about, and victims is probably the wrong word, but the the member institutions of any of these conferences that are really going to suffer are going to be the Washington States, the 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 low end school athletically that is uh, that's not running a good athletic department. Again, if you're $70 million in the hole and let's say you do what Big Jack is saying and you take a 50% deal to go to the Big 12, that's not helping you get out of your your financial issue or Why hole. would you do that? Like you wouldn't do that. Yeah, like that doesn't that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So like that's why I say again, you're talking about and and you can't forget this. You're talking about schools uprooting their relationships, uprooting their situations, uprooting all their resources to go to a new conference and start over with those relationships. Now, yeah, sure, you, all the people still know each other, but you're not in the same conference anymore, no. so you can't do business. It, I, I I understand that in this world where everybody's got a Twitter account and everybody's an expert and and I, I'm not I don't I'm not trying to come after you, Big Jack, but that's a that's a pretty ridiculous statement. Yeah. When we don't even know what the numbers are. It's a pretty ridiculous statement that CU won't get a full share of the pack deal. Yeah, casual. And that the grant grant of rights nets out unequal premiums for Oregon and Washington. You have no idea if that's true or not. You have no idea if that's the case or if that's not the case. Like it, it we need to stop doing this fantasy land. Hey, let's blow everybody up and say that Colorado's not getting a full share. Like. If you're Colorado, what sense does that make from a business perspective? You would never agree to that. Yeah. You would never agree to that. Uh, B says they probably won't get a full share until the fourth year. Based on what? Based on what? Like, so you negotiated the contract. It would make absolutely no sense for anybody to go to a new conference from the Pac-12, to leave the Pac-12, to go to a new conference, to take a 50% share, and then in four years, maybe you'll be at 100%. Wouldn't you just stay in the Pac-12? Yeah. You would never leave the conference. Do you really think the Big 12's pitch to Colorado would be, hey, come and take $15 million a year. Come and take $16 million a year. 50%. Do you think that's going to... What is that going to do? They're not going to win football games for two years, and they're not a basketball presence, or at least not a tournament presence. Yeah. What sense does that make? You can stay in the the Pac-12 and and be the the crown jewel football property because Dion's your head coach. Yep. So again, B, with all due respect, fourth. Where does fourth year come from? Yeah. With all due respect, think, think through this. Think through this. What sense does that make? It drives me crazy that we, and this is the issue with with the Pac-12, right? So the latest that we have on the Pac-12 is that 
the streaming percentage is a huge problem in the TV rights deal. It's, it's a big problem because most of these schools, some describe it as more than half, so six of 10 of the remaining Pac-12 schools do not, do not want more than 50% of their games on stream. And the biggest concern is their ability to monetize and their ability to recruit. And I think that makes all the sense in the world. Because as a society, as much as I think we all are streaming, Mm -hmm. and as much as our kids and their friends don't watch cable, satellite, they don't, as, as adults and the people that are actually buying most of the tickets and who are legacy donors and who buy season tickets, which is not cheap in college sports, those are still TV and cable subscribers. So you have this paradox Now, in five years, when this deal expires, you're going to be at a different place. But six of the 10 of these members don't want more than 50% of streaming. Yeah, We know that. And there is a significant discord in the conference right now where most people believe that Arizona and Colorado continue to destabilize these conversations. And I think there is some hesitation. At least that's the word that was used to describe the feeling having President Robbins on the board of directors because the Carol Fultz situation at USC, when she was the most powerful president in the conference, hoodwinked everybody and went to the Big Ten. Yeah. And absolutely shut down Pac-12 expansion. When they had a chance to really get after the Big 12, Carol Fultz at USC said, no, nah, we're not going to expand, and then almost quite literally turned around and joined the Big Ten. And I think there's a lot of people in this conference who don't appreciate the language that President Robbins and Jed Fish recently used. I'm told that Jed Fish podcast interview he did where he talked about, hey, we're going to be somewhere. And right now, like that line that says right now our feet, where our feet are on the ground from Jed Fish, the football coach at Arizona, really pissed some people off. Arizona's going to have a place to go. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell our recruits. <laughs> we'll be all right. That's what I tell our donors. <laughs> that's what I tell our families of you know, current personnel. Mm. We have a great brand and we have a great basketball program with a great softball program, great baseball program. And I believe we have the opportunity to have an incredible football program. Yeah. We're fine. Yeah. Where we play our road <laughs> games, we'll wait and see for our president, but um, we are locked in and loaded for this season. And um, we're going to try to just be where our feet are, which is right now in the pack 10. Ooh. Yeah. That particular line I was told was a really tweaked some people in the Pac-12. We're going to try and be where our feet are. And I think I think I would be tweaked too if I were Arizona State, if I were Utah, if I were most of the other members in this conference that are they're loyal to this conference that Arizona's football coach said we're going to try to be where our feet are. That's a big deal. And then after that interview, it comes out that, you know, Bobby Robbins is joining the board of directors. It's a bad look for the conference. Absolutely. And I, I think you're you're starting to see that people are struggling to, to trust Arizona and certainly Colorado. And while I don't while I don't believe that that there's a single member, and I, I will die on this hill apparently, I don't believe there's a single member of this conference that's eager to leave. 
I don't think any of the 10 remaining members of this conference are like, yep, can't wait to get out of this dump. Right. I just don't believe that. Phil DiStefano, the chancellor of Colorado, has gone out of his way over the last 10 days to say repeatedly, we are committed to the 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 remaining members of the Pac-12. But I think if this number comes in low and it's an equity play for Colorado and they can make more money and get more reach, I think Colorado's going to bail. Yeah. And I think Arizona's not far behind him. And I do believe that Arizona and Colorado are currently part of our, what is destabilizing this conference. And I think we, we debated this in our pre-show meeting today. Did Rick George, the athletic director at Colorado, bailing on Pac-12 football media day last Friday, he gave a statement and then he was walking away talking to some reporters and then left, got on a plane and flew back to Colorado. And a lot of people took that as a sign that he didn't care. I don't know what it was, frankly. But what I do know is he wasn't excited to stick around. And he may have had whatever event he had to go to that he said, hey, that might be true. But again, it's a bad look from Colorado, who's already viewed as a a member of this conference that doesn't necessarily love the conference. I think it's a bad look. And I do believe that Arizona and Colorado are, are, are destabilizing the conference, as some sources have told us. And I think the longer this drags on, from a, a relational standpoint, meaning school-to-school relationships in the, the Pac-12, I think it's bad for business because I think the longer this drags on, yep, the TV industry is going to come back to the Pac-12 a little bit, but I don't know how long you have before somebody somebody pulls a pin on the grenade. Well, yeah, and I think you can only, you can only make so many mistakes so often before you're really going to start to struggle. And, and I look at media day as a mistake. I, I, I think, you know, last week we, we spent I would agree with a ton of time on the show talking about what George did and did not do. Um, I, I don't think he helped himself or the conference. I, I, I think this thing with Rick George is, you know, it, it is what it is, dude. I, I like, it is what it is. Like, I don't know what you say about it. I mean, again, as he said, we talked about it before the show, and 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 I do feel like saying because he left early that that's a sign they're leaving the conference is going too far. I I, I think if we're going to speculate that far, we might as well sit here and roll out some some nonsense about Dion, you know, conveniently scheduling surgery on Pac-12 Media Day, right? I mean, if we're going to go that far, so I'm not quite willing to say that because he left Media Day early. Uh, that they're just automatically leaving the conference. But, yeah, it's a bad look for for any of your head coaches or ADs to be doing the least amount of work possible. It's like what I said about West Virginia at Big 12 Media Days, right? Where, like, you don't, you don't want to talk because you know your football program is terrible. It's trash this year, so you don't want to talk. Yeah. So what did yeah. you do? You rolled up, and you did your local little radio hits, and then you left. Yeah. I mean, that's what guys do. Yeah, that was a little disappointing from West Virginia. To be honest with you, I, I you could have been better than that. Uh, John Evans says, truth is there's no school worth adding from a football standpoint. Oh, I think Colorado's worth adding. I think Arizona football's worth adding. I think Arizona's worth adding. I think the, the 55 million pound gorilla in the room is the Utah Utes are absolutely worth adding. Yeah. If you could have any of those schools, you would today right now say, yeah, come on in. Come on in. Yeah, you can sleep on my couch. Actually, why don't I sleep on the couch? You can have the bed. Like you would welcome any of them into your to your Big Twelve home. There, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I, I, other than that, I think you're you're looking at Gonzaga and you're looking at UConn. Mm-hmm. I still think South Florida is a tremendous jewel out there. 
Um, I think that Tulane's an interesting one because I just don't, I don't know. I don't know that I would call that a value add. I think their football program's great. I think their all-around sports program is good. And I think their academics are are on point. I think they are probably the best academic availability in all of college sports. Yeah. Any P5 would be better academically for having Tulane. But I think uniquely they're a really good fit in the Pac-12. Almost, if only, because of the academics. Almost. But you look at their football, you look at their basketball, you look at their baseball and softball programs, like you look at their stadium, you look at their facilities, you look at their donors, like there's a lot to really like about Tulane. And they have a certain swagger about them. I, I happen to be a huge fan of their uniforms. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't matter at all. <laughs> Does not mean a thing. Uh, far more meaningful is Steven Noyes. Let's go. Yeah. Hello. Thank Sorry, you. Sorry, New member. Every, everybody welcome Steven to uh, the membership. If you want to uh, support the show, hit the join button on YouTube. Uh, you can join for $1.99, you can, which gets all your comments read. $10.99 gets you into our members-only Instagram group where you can beat down Tanner Plummer, who refuses to acknowledge that uh, English football is better than MLS. Uh, which he says is the best football in the world. Because it's garbage. You know, hey, we all, everybody experiments with hallucinogens. I get it. I get it. You're trying right. to be like Aaron Rodgers. Right. I understand it. Uh, but we have a great discourse in our uh, in our members-only group on Instagram. Uh, $10.99 a month. We'll add you to that as well. So uh, appreciate you guys supporting the show. Let's run through some comments here. On the Monty Show, Christopher Shannon says, MLS, I, we get it. We get it. We get it. Uh, Saul Goodman says, welcome, uh, Steve. Truck Stop Gumby says, Aaron Rodgers, greater than soccer. Yes, he is. You're Aaron fucking Rodgers. MJ says, Colorado destabilized the Big 12, too, in the past. Always uh, California dreaming. Would they do it again once Dion has moved on? Um, if you move to the Big 12, you're never going back. Yeah. You're never going back. I, but again, I'm the I'm the one of the people that believes wholeheartedly. Nebraska and Colorado, I think if they could go back and do it again, would not would not leave the Big Twelve mm-hmm. or Big Eight, depending on how old you are. Uh, I believe that Nebraska, while the money's good, has toiled and suffered in the Big Ten, irrelevant national irrelevance, right? And I think Colorado just has never gotten off the ground in the Pac-12. I mean, it's certainly from an athletic standpoint, it's been a wreck. Now, revenue-wise, all that other stuff, okay. But from an athletic standpoint, it's been an absolute wreck. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, I almost say the same thing about Utah because I just think Utah is stuck in in a really awkward spot where we all know they deserve better. We all know the football program is one of the best programs in the country that nobody talks about. Yeah. We all know being supporters of the PAC 12, just how special Kyle Whittingham and his staff is. We all know how good Brant Keithy is. We all know how, what a, what a, an absolute beast cam rising is. We all know what a stud, you know, Cole Bishop is. Nobody else knows that. Right. 
because you're up in Salt Lake City and you don't have a TV deal that gets you reach. And when yep. you're on TV, and much to you, Toss, credit, when you're on TV, the, the, the fan base turns out and watches. When you're in big games, the fan base turns out and watches. Well, and I think you've done a great job of consistently being in big games. You I would know, agree I mean, with I that. I think that, you know, again, that loss to Florida was all anyone wanted to talk about for, what, two weeks? Probably nationally. Locally, we talked, still talking about it. But but nationally, I think you got two weeks out of that. I'm telling you now, this is a critical, critical. This Florida game coming up for Utah is huge. Yeah. It's huge for Utah. they got to win a non-conference game. And the Pac-12 really needs it. This season has to be good for the Pac-12. Yeah. Has to be good. Uh, Kenneth Maynard, uh, UConn is a better fit in the ACC. BC, Syracuse, Pitt, Louisville are better partners. UConn football was a laughing stock and a doormat in the AAC. <laughs> yes, it was. And Because it's garbage. Again, I'll just ask about SMU. I say the same thing about SMU. Are you really? You're telling me you have all this money. You have this huge collective. And... SMU is ready to come in and compete in the Pac-12. Then why aren't you competing in the AAC? Why oh. aren't you winning the conference? Why aren't you dominating? And um, people are like, well, we have all this money and we have all these donors, all hat, no oil. Like, okay. So if that's the case, why don't you have the best stadium in the conference? Why don't you have the best facilities in the conference? Why don't you have the best uniforms in the conference? Why isn't Dallas the home of SMU? Like Dallas belongs to SMU because they've got all the oil money and because it's not. It's not. And I look at somebody, I think this, Kenneth, I think this is an ex excellent point. UConn football is a decade away. If they start today, yeah. UConn football is a decade away from competing in the Big 12. A decade away. It's and It's tough. It's the same. You're in the same position as SMU. Yeah. Uh, Ute man, Utes man, ninety two. Welcome as our newest member on the Let's show, go, baby. Let's go. Strong start to the program. Appreciate you. Let's go. Um, appreciate that, Utes man. Make sure you DM Jake on Instagram. SLC yeah. Jake. DM me. SLC Jake. He'll get you into the group. We appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, love when you guys become members. Thank you for supporting the show. Steven Smith gives us $20 to say, you guys should come to Ames, Iowa for the 100th anniversary uh, for Jack Tice, Trice against TCU on October 7th. I think you guys would have a good time and get some experience of Big 12 football. Look, I, I love Ames. Growing up in the Midwest, mm -hmm. I, I, I am already sick of Iowa. <laughs> I, I truly am. Ames, Iowa. Mm. Is it the cornfields? Is it the cornfields? <laughs> does Ames even has better corn mazes? I I love Iowa. Yeah. I I I the state would seem not Iowa, not universe, not Iowa City. You said Iowa University See, sucks. I said ayahuasca. I just call uh, it. I call Iowa. I love fucking Rogers. Yeah, ayahuasca. Uh, I, it's not Iowa. Not like the. Okay. You know, I would love to come to Ames. Yeah. Ames is a Ames is a lovely, lovely place. Don't lie to um, me. A couple updates for you from the TV side of the Pac-12 uh, TV deal. We were told without any hesitation, Ion Scripps is not now and has not been for some time involved in 
the Pac-12 TV deal negotiations, and we were told they never really were in serious conversations about football, that there were some intermediate conversations about other programming, as it was described to us. But Program. there's all these rumors out there that Ion Scripps is the new back-to-the-table partner, and it is not. Uh-huh. Uh, as we reported last week exclusively on the show, um, Amazon Prime Sports and the Pac-12 have had recent conversations Although I am told that those have not been pen to paper. Hey, let's do a deal. Um, and frankly, I continue to hear that it is a, a, a real mix of partners involved in, in this Pac-12 TV deal. And I was also told that there is, there is just some other conversations happening inside the conference. And they're trying to add as much revenue really and they're penny pinching the revenue to try and get the largest number they can and i think there is a split based on conversations i've had i think there is a split in this conference between george kliovkov and his team that are out trying to negotiate this deal with distribution partners and the this new executive um you know this board of directors rather I think the two sides have very deep, deep disagreements about what the Pac-12 is worth. Yeah. And I think George Klyavkov is trying to sell a smaller deal. And I think the presidents and the board of directors are not interested in a smaller deal. And I think that's what the delay is. I still maintain that there was never any deal that was imminent. I do believe that August feels like the unless something of of just a shocking nature happens. I think we are at least ten days away. Yeah, and Clock's I taking the kickoff, bro. We're thirty days away from week zero. Yeah, that's the window that the Pac-12 has to operate in, because I've also been pretty strongly told that if the Pac-12 doesn't have a deal by week zero, you're going to lose Arizona and Colorado. That, that is the common belief amongst the TV world and amongst Pac-12 sources that we routinely talk to. That if you get to week zero and you don't have a TV deal in place, you are in real jeopardy now. Because you can keep reassuring people that a deal's coming, but I think with the absolute disaster that Pac-12 football media days was for George Klyovkov, yeah, and the bad press that came out of that, Man, I think you've got to have a deal by week zero. And and I'll also tell you, confidence is not high that that's going to happen. Yeah. Now, I believe that George is going to have to table something. And he has not yet, from what I've been told, told the board of directors, this is our best deal. This is the best deal that we can get. We cannot go back out. I don't believe that he has said that yet because I haven't been told that yet. I know that he has passionately fought for a deal that the this board of directors rejected 10 days ago which is where I think the deal is imminent buzz came from. <laughs> but I'm told that deal didn't even get didn't even get filtered down to the rest of the presidents. So I think it's in a very I think the Pac twelve is in a very precarious situation and and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, and I think I think the trouble is is that Again, just like you said, right? Week zero is you know thirty-two days away or so, right? August twenty-six is is week zero, start of week zero. So so 
that's just not a long time. If you think about business, like business standards, if you're working in five day work weeks, I mean, that's really, you know, again, four weeks is that's just not a long time. And and, and, and I don't mean to make it like panicky, but, yeah. but that really just by business standards, I mean, again, we do this show, but we're also in sales. We also do a bunch of other stuff behind the scenes. Like I can tell you personally, four weeks is just not a long time. It goes by in a blink. Yeah. I would agree with that. Roy Jones gives us $5. Hope you're doing well, champ. Uh, Zach Sloter. Zach, what's up? How are you? Leave our cornfields alone. Listen. Listen, bro. I'm a big corn on the cop guy, dude. I know good corn when I eat it. Field of dreams, bro. Yeah. Uh, if the Big 12 adds UConn, Colorado, and Arizona, uh, who is the fourth school? Maybe Arizona State. It wouldn't be Gonzaga, would it? I think it is Gonzaga. And I told you four or five months ago, Gonzaga. Gonzaga has a verbal offer to join the conference. Yeah. But I think there I think Gonzaga is the perfect example of what we're talking about. Gonzaga. Why would you leave the WCC which is you you own the WCC. Auto bid. You own it. You dominate it. You're getting into the tournament just based on your conference schedule every single year. Why would you leave that conference if you are not getting a significantly better deal? In the Big Twelve, I, I think like it's Gonzaga. frankly, I think it's the reason that Gonzaga is not in the the Pac twelve. Yeah, because it was a natural fit twelve months ago. It was a natural fit for Gonzaga to join the Pac twelve. Oh, and I, I think obviously geographically, it's perfect for both conferences, right? Obviously, I would agree with that. Pac twelve yeah. being a Pacific time zone conference, it makes perfect sense. But yes. again, what it, what what did we start today's conversation with? Right? Hey, the Big Twelve is expanding. UConn's most likely coming. So Gonzaga is the UConn of the West, right? Yeah. I mean, the only difference is UConn's got football, but Gonzaga, everyone forgets that Gonzaga's really strong in their athletic department. It's not like it's just the Drew Timmies or what was the Drew Timmies, and then they can't do anything else. So, Well, they only play field hockey and basketball from what I understand. Well. You know, at Gonzaga. Gonzaga. They're a very strong, very strong a- athletic department. Yeah. And... There's a lot of reasons to like Spokane. There's a lot of reasons to like the brand. Um, They have money. They have donors. They have a fan base. They, I mean, there's nothing outside of the fact they don't have football, but that doesn't matter. You can be unbalanced. Yeah. I think that there's not a whole lot not to like um, about Gonzaga. And I think they would be a, in my opinion, they'd be a tremendous fit. And I, I think... You need a lift if you are the Big 12. Right. They, everything that you do has to be a lift. And, I mean, that's why in Big 12 country, that's why so many people use Buckshot from Bucked Up, the official energy provider of the Monty Show, because they know that when you pop a Buckshot, it gives you a mental lift. Whether you're, <laughs> you're doing conference Dude, realignment. come on, bro. Admire my guy's work over here, bro. Conference realignment or you're playing golf like I do over the weekend. Golf. man. Pounded a buckshot on Saturday, playing the absolute, you guys, you guys, you want to know how bad the front nine was Saturday? A certain somebody on this show snapped their driver at the shaft. Now, okay, fuck you. I'm not trying to call anybody out. I am not the one who did that, who snapped their shaft off at the driver head. What? I, it was a bad front nine. I shot a, I think a 55 on the front nine. Cheers to a 36 on the back. Do you know what that's like these days? 
And why did I shoot a 36 on the back? Well, because I had buckshot. Duh. At the turn, at the turn, after I threw my my uh, my 52 wedge up onto a cart path. <laughs> <laughs> Par three. Pull out the nine iron. Woefully short, bladed it. Like it's an elevated, bladed it. Ball went about 30 yards. Okay, I'm going to hit a 52 up onto the green. You got to land it on a hill to the left of the green and it'll roll down. Good old Uncle Monty hits a perfect, perfect 52 degree wedge. Got to get stroked. Right on the hill, it rolls down to the cup within three feet. Yeah. No, it didn't. It actually plugged on the hill because the hill was a little damp. Okay, no problem. That's Go up on. Fucking takes me to fuck off. It's a little plugged. Not improving lies. Not on this show. Right. Took the fifty-two off the left side of the green. Hit the fifty-two. Perfect. Perfect fucking chip down onto the green. Here's the. Just gonna keep going right by the hole. Affects me. Hey, where are you going? Terribly vexed. Into the bunker on the other side. Oh. Okay. It's the second hole. I'm fine. I'll try to stay calm and not curse. Now, because I'm a jackass, I took that same 52 down into the bunker. <laughs> jackass. <laughs> Promptly scold that golf ball over the green again. Right back to where I was before. They know now, reset. I don't know how many people know this. You don't need to put blades on a helicopter just take a 52 degree wedge and put it right on top of that thing and twirl it yeah take it see ya i felt worse after i did that anyway the point is <laughs> the point is i had 55 on the front but the reason that the buckshot works so well is it gives you a mental lift it's 200 milligrams of caffeine but it really it, it, it's it's a little shot of brain power I'm for real. And about five, 10 minutes later, you just, you don't even notice it, but you just get some clarity. Stepped up onto the 10th tee and hit a monster drive. Hit a beautiful 52 degree wedge. Blew the birdie putt. Blew the par putt. Took a bogey. Picked <coughs> up the ball. Walked over to the 13th. Promptly put it within five feet. Actually made the putt. Went on and had a great back nine. Yeah. Damn it, I'm telling you, if you're not using Buckshot from Bucked Up, Bucked Up Energy, the best energy provider in the business, in the description below, six free Buckshot samples sent right to your front door for free. Get it right now in the description below. Man, golf is trying. Uh, Tom Dean, after you snapped your shaft off, buck up. Yeah, yeah. you know what? But because because we play PXG, because my boy Garrett plays, you know, is our PXG rep, I got a new driver coming this weekend. So we're on, what is that, the 14th hole? Yeah, 14. 14th at Canyons Golf in Park City, our home club. Yeah. He steps up there and smashes a ball. And I'm like, God damn. <laughs> like I'm watching the ball fly, right? Yeah. I'm like, dude, let's go. And I turn around and he's got the head of his driver um, in one hand. Um, um. And while he's watching the ball... I can I can feel it right. I, I hit it. You know, you finish high, and right at the top of my finish, I felt a, a wiggle, like a waggle <laughs> at the end of my driver's shaft. And I'm like, what was that? 
and I bring the thing oh. around, and you know, it's like it's dangling off the, the end of the shaft, and so I, I just, you know, I dangle it, it falls off the shaft, I pick it up, turn around, he's looking at me, he's like, oh, okay. Was amazing. But you know. was, And you turn around, and Jake's got the, the, the handle in the shaft in this hand, and the driver head in this hand. As you can see, there's not much hope for you left. <laughs> And Jay, he's like, how much is this going to cost? Bro. It was a great moment. It was truly a great moment. I, I loved it. Uh, Saul Goodman, it should be a tradition now. Every time Monty takes a bucked up, a fart sound show a drop. Sound show drop. Why? <laughs> Buckshot doesn't make you fart. It doesn't actually. At but, all. But, you know. Jeff uh, Woodworth, Buckshot even help you after you snap your shaft must be dear velvet. I have to say, though. I have to say. So I, I snapped the driver, finished that hole. Yep. Par three after that hole. The hole following that, 16. Absolute moonshot of a four-wood. Love the PXG four-wood, dude. Dude. Big fan. Dude, unbelievable. Unbelievable. It is, dude. It was, yeah. Uh, Tom Dean, wait. He kept playing after snapping his shaft. Yeah, and he hit his three and four-woods like it wasn't nobody's business. Yeah, dude. Absolutely, bro. It, it was I think, it was I amazing. think the farthest I could hit the forward, not to get too far off track, but the farthest I can hit my forward is like 260 maybe. Something like that. That's probably as far as I can get that thing to go. And yeah. that's with a Kirkland Costco ball, by the way. I'm the Kirkland Which I'm a big good. fan. Matt Ritson gives us two ninety nine or a dollar ninety nine to say Pac twelve, try to get a deal with Fox, but uh on disconnect. Fox just I I just don't think Fox has a big appetite for the pack for the for the Pac twelve. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I we have heard it repeatedly that Fox is just not there. Not there at all. Uh, JW, snapping one shaft sounds painful. You know, to be honest with you, I didn't even know it happened until I finished my follow-through. I felt nothing through the swing. And you actually hit a good drive. Yeah, that was. I was surprised after, after I broke it. I was surprised that the driver had stayed connected enough for me to bring the bring it back around. Stay hard. Yeah, you know. But hey, I, again, and uh, they don't sponsor the show. Like no. no affiliation. None. We swing PXG. I and and I just want people to know this because I had a great experience. Right, we always talk about crappy customer service. Had a great experience. Our guy Garrett here is our PXG rep in 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 uh, in Utah, and sent him pictures. He emails those over, literally send me a text, you know, last, uh, yesterday sometime. Yeah. He's like, hey, uh, you should be getting an email uh, or email updates about shipping. Unbelievable. Just like that. Just like that. Unbelievable. Uh, B says stay hard. Exactly right. Yeah, dude. Mark 234. Is this a Rick Pitino joke regarding snapping a shaft in an Italian restaurant? <laughs> That's awesome. Well played. That's awesome. Aaron Wilson says, Jakey, broken shaft, two holes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly right. How many holes in a snapped-off shaft? Dude. Well, only one only for that one shaft. at the end. Do you count the hole in the driver head, though? Yeah, I got a yeah. hole in the head. Stop. Hey, now. Hey, now. Stop. Uh, all right. The official pizza of the Monty Show is Papa Murphy's Pizza. Had great Papa Murphy's Pizza over the weekend. And I try to tell people every every weekend, get that Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 when you download the Papa Murphy's Pizza app and you order your beautiful calzone. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do calzones. Papa Murphy's does calzones? Oh, I think you mean I do the calzones. And how do you do it, Dad? 
How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we do it with fresh ingredients and hand-shredded cheese tucked in a scratch-made dough. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. Hey, don't forget the calzones. Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Papa Murphy's Pizza, the official pizza of the Monty Show. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Hope you guys are uh, all well. The Monty Show, hour number two, uh, is presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. See your future for 10 bucks. $10 charitable donation gets you a 30-day trial membership at trydaytrading.com. And the only question you need to ask yourself is, hey, did I make $1,000 today at work? Oh, you didn't? Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. You go through their program. They teach you their systems. You get high-level elite coaching to make you one of the best day traders in the world their traders make $1,000 a day after they graduate the program at TridayTrading.com. And the best part about Triday Trading, when you are ready to trade on your own, they're going to fund an account for you. You're going to trade with TridayTrading.com's money. And when you make money with their money, you're going to get 80% of the profit. You can do all that for 10 bucks at TridayTrading.com slash Monty. The biggest stories in sports today. I don't think there's any doubt uh, all of these expansion rumors continue, and I think we spent all of last hour, if you're just tuning into the show, on the Big 12 and this UConn rumor, um, and I think we really need to focus on the Pac-12 for hour number two because I do think this conversation about Arizona um, and Colorado destabilizing the Pac-12 is a big one, and sources have told us over the last few weeks that Colorado and Arizona are and continue to be the most likely members of the Pac-12 to jump if members were to jump. I was told over the weekend that Colorado and Arizona continue to be destabilizing forces. And as I explained earlier in the show, if you're just tuning in, Jed Fish was on a podcast a couple of weeks ago where he talked about Arizona having its feet where we currently are, which is not a grand endorsement of the Pac-12, where, where we currently are, which is another thing that's very interesting. That is actually Jed Fish, the head coach at Arizona, saying Pac-10. Pac-10. Uh, um, which, by the way, there's no such thing as the Pac-10. The Pac-12 has made it very clear they're going to continue to brand themselves as the Pac-12. Pac-10. Not the Pac-10. That podcast interview and those comments, which, by the way, and I think this matters, and we talked about it when this first happened, the day that podcast debuted. Jed Fish said that unsolicited. The host of that podcast said to Jed Fish, the football coach at Arizona, hey, I know you can't talk about it, but I feel a responsibility to ask you what's going on is Arizona leaving the conference? And, he, and he, as much as said is, it's okay to say I can't talk about it. And Jed Fish went into a long soliloquy of an answer where he said, I don't know where we're going to be. Our brand is strong enough. We're going to be in a really good spot, and that's what I'm telling recruits. And right now we're focused on being where our feet are, in the Pac-10. Pac-10. Which really upset some people. That on the heels of Arizona President Robert Robbins added as a member of the board of directors in the Pac-12, which is eerily reminiscent of Carol Fult at USC declining 
declining to expand the conference, only to turn around what felt like just minutes later and join the Big Ten. Jake, I think it's pretty accurate to say Arizona and Colorado continue to stabilize the conference. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I, I think that Arizona State also has, you know, earlier, you know, month ago, you know, six weeks ago, also played a role in this too because we really didn't he- start hearing schools getting out into the public setting or the public record, if you will, talking about their future or what's going to happen with the grant of rights or the media deal situation until Ray Anderson went on that podcast up at ASU uh, and ran his mouth about it. And so I think ASU is really the one that kind of started this, this trend. But then the, the problem is, is that Arizona and Colorado, there's actually like traction. There's actually like credence to them going to the Big 12, where ASU, it's more like, hey, if Arizona goes, Arizona State probably goes, because those two, just by, like, state operation and, like, you know, uh, local economy uh, are kind of connected, right? You wouldn't want to have ASU in the pack and then have Arizona in the Big 12. So I think that's kind of the issue, is that people are putting credence to this because, Arizona and Colorado have reasons to want to be in the Big 12. It makes a lot of sense. Like, with Arizona, you have a powerhouse basketball program. I know they haven't won anything recently, but they've got legacy there, right? That would be a huge value add for the Big 12. With Colorado, obviously their history in the conference, but I also think this concept of of, of Dion and capitalizing on his first couple of years there is huge. I think that that the Big 12 understands that. Bright Your Mark understands that. So for me, yeah, I do think they've been disruptive. I do think they've been they've been playing a role as, you know, in destabilizing the conference. That said, they're also being two faces about it, right? They on, are. on on one Very hand, much so. right? On one hand, you have these schools making comments and saying, "Oh my god, the Pac-12 is amazing. You know, our member institutions are aligned and we're here." But then on the other hand, a week ago or 10 days ago now, You've got folks like Jed Fish saying what he said, and and it just it just doesn't, as usual, as I've always said, the Pac-12 is unorganized, and that and that's a whole other conversation. But they're unorganized, and so yeah, I do think Arizona and Colorado, yeah, there's a chance they jump, but I don't think it's going to be this thing where it's like no matter what comes in for the TV deal, they're gone. That's not the situation. It really comes down to the number, and I agree, they know what the number is. I just think now it's a timing thing right because just the same way brett yeah. Yormark didn't want to be seen as a ray or the pac-12 i don't think that pac-12 schools want to be seen as hitting eject and causing the conference to collapse nobody wants to be the one that you know a year from now we look back and say oh colorado was the first of the major schools to leave exactly and that was right. the beginning of the end of the conference exactly nobody right. wants to be that person because i think it's a bad look there's there's no doubt about the fact that it is a bad look. If you are the one that torpedoes this group, I think people are legitimately and rightfully worried about the the I don't know is punitive the right word that the the other nine members will will take out the action that they will take against you. This is a powerful group of people. You got to remember that this is not about athletics in the Pac-12. It it, it is not. And I think when you look at the moves that we have seen out of the Pac-12, whether Mm -hmm. it is the San Diego State fiasco, which is incompetent as San Diego State appears, I think you have to to put some of the responsibility for that absolutely on the Pac-12 conference. 
You look at the Comcast situation. You look at the Holiday Bowl situation. You look at the Nick Rolovich situation. Just all of the issues and problems that have occurred in this conference. And you can't help but say to yourself, these people are not the the best operators when it comes to athletics. Yeah, They have repeatedly made significant mistakes. And to their credit, the presidents in this conference have hired commissioners and said, hey, commissioner, go do your job. Now, they've hired the wrong commissioners. Very clearly, Larry Scott was not the right guy. <laughs> in my opinion, after what we saw at Media Day, that's the final straw on George Klyovkov. He's not the right guy. But they've tried to let their sports people do the sporting in this conference, and frankly, it's just blown up in their face. Yeah. So I give the Pac-12 a lot of credit for that. But now you've got to make pragmatic, powerful moves to right the ship. Yeah, I just think you're so far in the hole. Being nice doesn't work anymore. No, I mean, it I does mean, not. You can't. You can't sit here and be like, "Oh yeah, well, you know." I mean, it's not George's fault we're here. When in fact, yeah, he does share a big part of that responsibility. And I do think that Media Day could have. There's no question. Media Day should have been a positive thing for your conference, like. That, that's the purpose of Media Day. Media yes. Day is to come out and have a wave of positivity, even to a point of understanding, hey, this is, you know, like this is Greg Sankey or Brett Yormar talking about their own conference. Of course, they're going to spew a bunch of positive stuff. But it doesn't feel that way in the Pac-12. And just the same way I do think that, that, that George has responsibility, his responsibility only goes so far, right? Like at some point... The presidents of these schools have to step up and say, yeah, you know what? George didn't help us, right? He made a lot of mistakes, and that hurt us. But ultimately, the group of 10 at this point, are, yeah. we're the ones that are responsible. At some point, we have to do a better job of hiring people that are going to represent us in a better fashion. I and, agree. And that's just, that's just the world we live in. I, I don't know how you fix it. Money, that's how you fix it, money. But where does that money come from? Because I I think you look at Cal, I think you look at Washington State. Hell, I think you look at San Diego State, who I still maintain is going to be a member of the Pac-12. I almost have no doubt about that. These are some very financially tight yeah, I think Washington State is is in a financial hole that's going to be very difficult for them to dig out of, and they're not in control of their fate. Because if if the Pac-12, let's say worst case scenario, and the Pac-12 melts down altogether, Washington State is not an attractive athletic property. They are not. And I think Washington State's going to have a very difficult time having elite facilities and elite personnel to run their athletics because they simply don't have the money to do that. Yeah. And the academia in Pullman is not behind athletics. They, I mean, they almost had a revolt well, what over the athletic budget. That's, but that's, that's precisely what I'm talking about. What reason, like Pullman's a perfect example. What reason do you have to feel good about your athletics? Right? Like take the football games away. The academia doesn't give a damn what's happening on the they football don't. field. They care. They, don't. they care about those meetings they have where where you have people saying, hey, we're $70 million in the hole. What are we doing about this? I mean, you literally have uh, uh, people in these meetings saying things like, hey, hey, dude, it's Groundhog Day with the media deal. Hey, dude, it's Groundhog Day with $70 million in the hole. Like, that's the issue in the pack. So when I say, hey, the way to prosperity is money, even when you're in a hole, whether it's student loan debt or the Pac-12, 
You have to make good, like start small. Good decision after good decision ultimately leads to the result you want in, in at the end of the day. So right now, the name of the game is just keeping all 10 of your, your members, right? UCLA and USC are gone. Keep the remaining 10. If you can do that, then it's like, okay, what are the next couple of steps that we can take to improve this situation? That's That's how you have to do it. But again, that would require you to be good at business, which clearly this conference is not good at business because they wouldn't be here if they were. Yeah, and I, I, I think this Colorado-Arizona thing's a huge concern. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge concern, and we've been hearing it. Frankly, in in the conversations we've been having, I truly thought the tenor and the tone of the conversation would change once Bobby Robbins was on the board of directors in the Pac-12, the the, the president in Arizona. I thought adding Robert Robbins to that board of directors would kind of quell some of the insecurities that people had. I think it's only ratcheted it up. I think the this the the absolute and I don't know. I, I want to ask you guys this. Do you truly think that it was a disaster? George Klyovkov was a disaster. Is that too strong of a word? And that media I, day? Yeah, I I, I wanna play the I wanna yeah. play that clip because I, I think this is a really important talking point. Do you guys believe that the exchange that he had with this reporter, um, James Crapia from the Oregonian, is this a disaster for the Pac-12 and George Klyovkov? I don't want uh, the opportunity to be missed today to talk about football. It, it's, we're not announcing a media deal on purpose today because I want the focus to be on football. George, just to follow on what you just said, I think a, a response ago, because it caught a lot of people's attention very quickly. You just said you're not announcing a deal today on purpose because you want the attention to be on football. Yep. To be clear, that would imply that the deal is done and codified and just you're waiting until after today. I think you're reading too much into that. So then what is the purpose behind not announcing something, which is what you just said? What, we want to have the focus on football today. We have an incredibly good football story to tell, and we want that to be the focus today. Man. I, I, I characterized that on Friday as a disaster. That's what it felt like. And I was told that that was too strong and I was dramatizing and I was looking for trouble. And I, what do you guys think of that? Is, is that a, is that a disaster is calling it a disaster too harsh? Well, maybe it's not a disaster, I guess, but I, I, I just think certainly, okay, certainly it's not what you want out of your media day. Number one. Number two, at a it's minimum, at, just like at a minimum, at that's a, minimum. a baseline. It's yeah. not like you don't want to be having exchanges like that during your media day. And remember when this was, this was not like in the middle of media day. This was during, he just gave his opening remarks, right? And then he was taking questions from the media that that's where we were. So this is probably what? 820 in the morning. Legit. Like this is probably 820 in the morning at the hotel. And, and so maybe if people want to say, oh, a disaster is too strong. Okay, I'll level with you. Fine. We won't use the word disaster. It's not ideal. It's a bad look. It makes you look unprofessional. Uh, everything respectfully, and hey, maybe it's petty, the size of the teleprompter, this, the way you gave the speech, the lack of energy, the lack of confidence. The lack of charisma. The And the striking difference. And again, I said this Friday, and it pissed every Pac-12 fan who watches yes, our did. show off, and I don't mean to... I'm not trying to poke the bear or yeah. 
the striking difference between George Klyovkov and Brett Yormark, you're almost, I mean, you're, you'd have to go a long way not to be impressed by Brett Yormark. You listen to him talk, shaking his hand and just talking to him for five minutes last week in Dallas. Yeah. The guy just has a presence about him. He has an aura about him. He has an energy about him. And even even if we just work in in and I agree with all that. But even if we're just in fairness to George, if we if we just dial back the love for Brett and we just say okay, but it's what's not the even minimum? love. I'm just being honest. The feeling that you get listening to Brett Yormark, you you have hope. You have belief. You're like, man, this guy is this the dude. Yeah, I'm gonna follow him. Yeah. The feeling you get when you listen to George Klyovkov and he. Talks off the top of his head and immediately makes time. a mistake. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck was that, George? Yeah, like, and, what? And, and that's kind of where, with Brett, I, the label I put on Brett is reliable, right? I know, okay, if I put Brett your mark, like if I if, if Brett got called into a room off schedule, not a prepared thing, and it was a meeting about the business of the conference, I know that Brett Yormark is reliable enough I agree. that he can have that conversation no problem. George is not that guy. And, and and I don't say that from a place where I'm just trying to hate on George. George has shown us through his behavior and through his lack of performance in public speaking that he is not a good fit as a commissioner of anything because a, 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 just a, a baseline skill set that you have to have to be a commissioner of anything is the ability to speak in public. You have to be able to do that. So the idea that this guy like that shows up. That should be the first skill. Right? Like, that's the first thing you should be able to do, teleprompter or not. You should just be able to give speeches, and 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 maybe the speech lacks substance. If we were just talking about the substance of the speech, but that he had sounded confident and, and waxed poetic about the Pac-12, I'd be fine. But I'd be fine, what, it's but it's what not. We, it's what we always say. He is not in the business of athletics. No. He's in the business of selling athletics. Yes. He's in the business of monetizing athletics. He's in the business Best. of sales and relationships. Yeah. And you can't trust what the guy says. I don't know. I wanted to throw that out there because the YouTube comment sections, you can go yeah, and people read. people were pissed, dude. People were really upset yeah. that I said that. And it, I'm not saying that to be sensational. And I'm not trying to be an asshole about it. Or I think the guy should be fired. I thought I what what happened Friday... I thought he humiliated the conference. But how I, much of that is your expectation of him versus, you know, what you know what it what he is as a guy? Because we know that. I mean, again, it's not surprising that he made a fool of himself at media day, right? I, mean, I probably have. I probably have unrealistic ex expectations. I, I would agree with that. But again, I look at the comments. Daniel Dixon says it was a meltdown. Uh, Mister Guy says George Klyovkov is just clueless and oblivious. Period. Uh, Big Jack 512 says lying liars lying schemers. Yeah, apparently, right? Yeah. Like like that's kind of what it felt like. Yep. Kyle Visser says George should be fired for his lack of leadership. Uh Vernon Sheldon Witter, nice to see you. He is so clueless. I think Daniel, I think it was a meltdown absolutely. Tanner Plummer um says MLS soccer is the greatest brand of football on the planet. Good to see you Tanner. Uh, he says, yes, George was a disaster, but it's not all his fault. He inherited this mess. But yeah, I'm not talking about the mess he inherited because it's not the problem. It's your reaction to the problem. That's the problem. Isn't that why they hired him? They knew they had a mess. He, they hired an entertainment guy 
who's got an entertainment casino Vegas background, and he has not been entertaining. He has not been a monetizer. He's not been a moneymaker, and he can't speak in public, which is why we haven't heard from him since December, I believe it was. Well, they were just taking the high road. They were just taking the high road. And the first time we hear from him in, in seven months, eight months, he makes an absolute fool of himself. <laughs> it's, it's not his business acumen that I have a problem with. It's that he cannot perform. Yeah. He can't perform. You know, like, it, it, it just, it's not that he inherited a terrible mess. You can't blame the downtown San Francisco office building or the private jets or the suites at the Aria or the officiating mess or the TV deal. Those were all Larry Scott. I can blame him for the lack of a TV deal now. I can blame him for all the stupid shit he said, like back of the envelope calculations. Yep. Hey, and nobody that I've spoken to at USC or UCLA wants to go to the Big Ten. Back of the envelope calculations. It's just that stupidity. I can blame him for that. For saying that we have a deal and we're purposefully not announcing it. And then when you're asked if you have a deal, you're saying, no, we're reading too much into it. You should be fired. Yeah. Like, I, I just think you're bad for business. That's what I think. And Donuts, how are you? Washington State's Martin Stadium, capacity 32,000. Which is fine for Washington State. I mean, I think we make too much out of stadium capacities. We had this argument way back in the day about Notre Dame. Yeah. As a diehard Notre Dame fan, I can tell you I was one of the few who didn't want to go up to and compete with Michigan at Michigan Stadium, the big house. Everybody at Notre Dame was like, oh, we got to have, we got to have 7 million seating capacity. And it's like, uh, no, we don't. And people are like, oh, well, who cares if you can't see touchdown Jesus? And it's like, well, actually most of the Notre Dame fans and the Notre Dame faithful, and by the way, Jesus Christ wants to watch football. It's probably too much. I think I, I, I for sure am in the <laughs> camp of, hey, I'd rather have thirty-two thousand. Jesus jam Christ packed. wants to watch Notre Dame football. No, he doesn't. No, touchdown, he doesn't. Jesus. Dude. Boom! Out of here. You're filling in for somebody. Hell out of here. With Everybody that. wanted Notre Dame Stadium to go up to a hundred thousand to compete with Michigan Stadium. Yeah. And all of us, longtime Irish suffering fans, <laughs> and I was talking to Manti Teo's girlfriend about this just the other year. Yeah. And she was telling me that yeah, we should go up to a hundred thousand. Manti told <coughs> me that's what he wanted. <coughs> You know, right? That was a Manti Teo's girlfriend joke, right? Because I'm, I'm a long time suffering. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Matt Hartley, I'm not even mad at AM in Missouri for leaving. Well, that helps. That helps. Uh, Tom Dean says backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. He definitely did that. Uh, Jeff says it was codified until his shaft snapped. That's right. That's right. Uh, you want? I mean, the word, isn't isn't the word codified one of the greatest words you've heard? It is. Codified is such a slick word. Roundabout says eject, eject. Yeah, dude. Klyavkov, uh, Greg Swaim says Klyavkov, quote, I meant to do that. And right. That's exactly what I meant to do. What do you mean? I drove the car off the road? I was trying to. <laughs> We're what? not announcing a deal. What? We want today to be about football. Well, hey, hey, George, George. Hey, does that mean you have a deal? No, you're reading too much into that. I never said that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Matt Ritson makes a really good point. Stanford Athletics uh, and AD uh, almost cut 13 sports but were saved, and then Stanford president was forced to resign. Don't great, 
don't great Stanford University. Uh, the president at Stanford, who is on the board of directors until August 1st, um, was is being forced out at Stanford over questions about his academic ethics mm. and research that he did. But he's making that bread. And while he was cleared of what amounts, I believe, and I, I'm not saying this is fact because I don't want to get sued by a bunch of fucking trees, but <laughs> my point is, I believe in my opinion, what had happened was... There were some questions about the veracity of his research and the work and the writing that he did. So he wasn't cleared and vetted. Exactly right. Fox didn't want to pay him. But my <clears> point <throat> is, he was cleared, but because now you can't trust his ethics, he's being forced out at Stanford. So, yeah. Um, Riley O'Brien, that's like the 7,186th time that clip has been shown. Yeah. I think everyone's shown it. The Jed Fish one? No, the George Klavkoff one. Oh, dude, and, and, and I think it's iconic at this point. It is now. It is and now. Rather not iconic, infamous. Yeah. Uh, Cougar Tracks, what was the football story today? What do you mean, what was the football story today? Uh, wasn't a disaster. Saint, Saints Academy Portland says it wasn't a disaster. Okay. Well, I appreciate Port Portland having... is a very pro Pac-12 city. We know that. But I'm glad we have a dissenting voice. Yeah. Uh, Laura Weiss. Hi, Laura. How are you? Uh, you weren't harsh. Thank you. Uh, we have a we have a great football story to tell that no one will see because there's no TV deal. Oh, what was the football story? Nah, see, <laughs> uh, there was no football story because nobody heard the football story because everybody thought you had a TV deal. Um, which is again the reason the guy should be fired because he's saying, "Well, I'm not. We are on purpose not announcing a TV deal because we want the story to be football." Oh, wait, what I meant to see people are misinterpreting what I'm saying. You're misquoting me. <laughs> Come on, right? guy. Come on. Come on. It, it's just it's it's remarkable to me that that's what this is. Roger Abbott. Uh, if I were Washington State and Oregon State, I would be lighting up the Yormark phone looking for an invite. Get it now. But again, you know what, you guys? Again. Yeah. The Mountain West and the Pac-12 should merge. And this all goes away. Yeah, well, I don't think that's going to happen, though. I agree, mm -hmm. but I don't. I, but again, if you're not going to merge with the Big Twelve, you're really telling me you, you're you're willing to merge with the Mountain West. I mean, I just that's where that's where I part company with the Pac-12 as far as their pride and and them thinking how good they are. Because the problem is, I don't even disagree. You're a great football conference. You were a good basketball conference, but you haven't been. And and the conference deserves mm. better, but the problem is, is you're in such a hole. You don't get to decide how good you are, bro. You yeah. don't get to decide yeah. like what it looks like. You need to find your path forward because you don't have one right now. OG Gary says Notre Dame has a tough st schedule this year. Why bring this up, bro? Why I'm I am still, I, know, reset. I am still trying to get over Manti Teo's girlfriend's passing. And I don't know why Stop you crying would, like a little girl. Navy, Tennessee State, at NC State, Central Michigan. I thought you said they had a tough schedule. Our first loss, uh, Ohio State. Do you view this season as a failure? <laughs> We're going to get fucking killed the, by Ohio State. The Ohio well, State. I do believe that Ohio State doesn't have the need for a running back. They're just going to bring one of those like blacktop rollers. You know, those steamers that roll. <laughs> they're just... 
we're going to get crushed. At Duke, loss. Duke At Louisville, Duke. win. USC, well, that's a loss. Pitt, that's a loss. At Clemson, that's a loss. Wake Forest and at Stanford. Thank God for Stanford, or we would probably not have. Well, Wake Forest is. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know. They're not um, too lane, but they'll do. <laughs> uh, I think this is going to be a four loss season. Ohio State at Duke, USC, and Pitt. And Clemson, that's five. And then Stanford, which. And don't forget Navy. So, like, maybe a seven loss. But we're going to lose the same. So, we're going to try and find some wins to become. Right. We won't be bowl eligible. <laughs> if I'm being honest, they're going to lose that NC State game on, on September 9th. Buckle up. Yeah. Um, we're going to lose against the Ohio State. Uh, I think we're going to lose at Duke. I think we're going to lose to USC. That pick game is going to be a ball breaker. Yeah. That's think, that's at Notre Dame Stadium, so I think that's a win. And then we're going to lose at Clemson. I think those four are absolutely losses. There is just no way that you're beating Ohio State and USC, two of the best teams in the country. Although Ohio State's probably top seven this year, not top three. I think they're top seven. USC, I think right now today I might argue that they're in the Georgia-Bama-Texas argument. Mm-hmm. USC is that good. And I just think Pitt is one of those teams you never want on your schedule because they will – man, yeah. you just – it hurts. It absolutely hurts. Uh, Hero75 gives us $10. Part of me just wishes that multiple teams in the Pac-12 would announce at the same time they plan to leave, so either the Big Ten and the 12, uh, so not a single school or Big Ten 12 takes the blame for killing the Pac. There has been conversations about that. And the the real question is, can Arizona State survive in a conference without Arizona? Because the two together in the same conference bring tremendous leverage. Yeah. So the question is, can Arizona State – Arizona is always going to be fine because of the basketball program. And I think Jed Fish actually has really moved the football program up. Although this Jaden Dolores situation was a bit of a distraction, frankly, last week. But I'm curious to see how Arizona State and Arizona operate if they are not together. That'll be very interesting. Ryan Thomas, how are you? Gives us $5. Speaking of having the right people representing it, I really hope the PAC has called the advocates after Friday's 25-car pileup. Damn. The advocates at theadvocates.com. The presenting sponsor of the Monty Show, The Advocates, the best injury attorneys in the business. And all 750 of you, after you're done hitting the like button right now here on the Monty Show, uh, as we continue to move towards uh, 20,000 subs, and we are close. Yeah, we're close. Help us get there, man. We are at. We can get there this week. We are just, wow. You guys pick it up. Let's go. Picked up 15 subs already this show. We are 390 subscribers away from 20,000. Let's go. Thanks to our friends at The Advocates who are working with The Road Home, one of the foremost uh, advocates for the homeless community in this country. You guys, if you have a dollar, $5, $10, I'm just asking you to please consider the fact that The Road Home and The Advocates are partnering to help homeless children get what they need to compete for education at the lowest levels. And I mean homeless kids in... Elementary school, middle school, high school, just trying to learn how to read and write. And they want to send them to school with things like socks and underwear, pants, clothing. They want to make sure that they're fed. They want to make sure 
that these young kids who are in predicaments that are not of their doing have the tools to compete and succeed in education. And so I ask you, you can see on the screen, there's a Venmo address, advocates, donations. If you have, again, even if it's a dollar, you guys, if it's $10, $50, a million dollars, please give what you can. And if you want to put in the notes section, hey, heard about you on the Monty Show, homeless kids, and give them $5. That would be tremendous. If you don't want to include us, $5 for homeless kids. That would be, that would be awesome. Because there are so many kids who don't have a place to sleep who don't consistently every night know where they're going to sleep, let alone, hey, do I have a fresh pair of socks for tomorrow? Do I have shoes for tomorrow? Do I have underwear for tomorrow? Like those of us that are fortunate, when we were growing up, had to pick a shirt to wear instead of having just a shirt to wear. So if you have it in your heart and you have it in your wallet, please consider getting on Venmo, advocates, donations on Venmo, a dollar, five dollars, whatever you can give. It makes a huge, huge difference. The Advocates, the best injury attorneys in the business at theadvocates.com. Appreciate uh, that shout out there. Uh, Ryan Thomas, thank you for that. Emma and ZZ World, which shows first? The Pack Media Deal or Manti Teo's Girlfriend? You're casual. That's not nice. It's going to be Manti Teo's Girlfriend. Well. She, only one of these is real. And Manti Teo's Girlfriend is real. He's actually married now, so... Those questions have been answered. He has our full respect. Roundabout. I'd take Utah. Good rivalry game with BYU. Big 12 should absolutely if they. But Utah's not in a position where they want to leave this conference, which is really unfortunate because they just deserve so much better. So, so much better. Uh, Elaine Tran, Mattress Mac gave the Houston Cougars a million dollars for NIL. (laughs) Love it. Mattress Mac. Dude knows how to gamble. Uh, Saul Goodman, Jesus was built on NIL. Whoa. Whoa, dude. Bro. In God's name, image, and likeness. Uh, Jackson Graham, I did my Eagle project for the road home. Amazing organization. They really are. There you go. They really are. And you guys, again, imagine your kids not having underwear on going to school. Imagine your fourth grader going to school with no underwear one pair of socks, the same pair of socks every single day. Just think about that. Let alone pads of paper, pencils, pens, crayons, markers, a backpack, all backpack. Imagine showing up every day with no school supplies or a backpack. You know how embarrassing and humiliating? What is that doing to their confidence? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I appreciate you guys listening to me on that. Mapes, what's up, my guy? Just saw the news on why Addison was driving 140 miles an hour if I'm in that situation, I'm probably driving over 100 myself. But do you believe him? Jordan Addison, the wide receiver of the Minnesota Vikings, Jordan Addison, right, was pulled over last week doing 140 miles an hour at 3 in the morning in his Lamborghini Urus. Right. In the report... He told the cops he had an emergency for his dog. Now, when he met with the media and issued a statement, he didn't say two words about a pet emergency. So do you believe him? Yeah, that's kind of a question mark for me. All gas, no brake. I don't know. Do you guys believe that he had a dog emergency and that's why he was driving 140 miles an hour? All gas, no brake. 
Jake pointed out to me the other day that that Urus has a Mercedes AMG V8 in it. Yeah. 140. Come on, man. Yeah. Your pet insurance ain't going to cover that ticket. He doesn't. Nobody has pet insurance. I think that. <clears throat> Paxton says I'd do the same for my dog. Dude, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'd drive 140 <laughs> miles an hour for my dog. 100 on the freeway? Okay, sure. Tom Dean, 140 miles an hour because he snapped his shaft off. (laughs) 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 (sighs) That's funny. That is absolutely funny. I heard all of those missed tackles were actually Manti trying to hug his dead girlfriend. Damn, bro. Wow. Damn. Look at me. Wow. Really? Really? That's not nice. that's, That's not nice. Uh, Roundabout also says he drove fast because he could. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, I just, yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. I Come on, man. Jeff, he purposely didn't mention the pet emergency to keep the focus on football. (laughs) Wow, bro. You guys are feeling a certain type of way today. Oh, God. Jimmy Autzen, who's always got darts. I drive that fast in states with no truck stops. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Always good to see you. Uh, Saul Goodman. Apparently, Georgia has a lot of those type of pet emergencies. Hey, first team all (laughs) SRT, baby. And how about Kirby just like, oh, we don't have many super speeders. Right. Ah, super speeder is too many. And, uh, yeah, my apologies. It isn't the Mercedes motor. It's the four liter from the Audi. Oh, excuse me. It's an Audi motor. Yeah, it's an Audi motor. Excuse me. Tom D. Oh, my. 140 miles per hour, bucked up overdose. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, listen, officer, I was low on gas. I poured some bucked up Miami energy drink into the gas tank, and boom, took off like a rocket, bro. Yeah, dude. Matt Hartley. I hate every one of you. I didn't know Manti Tail's girlfriend jokes were still a thing. I, they're not. <laughs> They're not. Damn it. I. <laughs> every time I tell somebody I'm a Notre Dame fan, they're like, oh, man, Titeo's girlfriend hurt. She's hot. <laughs> every single time. It's not funny. Uh, Roger Abbott. Audi is gross, dude. No. No, I love Audi, no. dude. I just traded in an Audi and I miss it. J-Rod, driving 140 miles per hour, you're reading too much into that. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? Dog vomiting, man. Yeah, you know? what's the problem? I'm just trying to air dry the seats. Yeah. Renee Roca, or no, Matt Hartley, man Tail's girlfriend isn't still a thing either. Because <laughs> she's never been. <laughs> <laughs> she, she wasn't real. It, it wasn't real. She, she, you know. Renee Roca says more of a thing than the Pac-12 media deal. Oh, my Jesus. God. You? Damn, bro. Damn. You guys are unbelievable today. All 5,000 of you watching the bro, show are like... unbelievable today. <laughs> we Okay. See, and, and listen, roundabout, I don't know who you uh, we This is your first day on the show. Dropping a meh eh, bomb on Audi, that, that's not nice, if man. If you're going to come in here and talk a bunch of crap about Audi, you better not be a Mercedes guy, dude. OG Gary, I forgot about Manti until this show. Thank you. It's not fucking real. Tanner, <laughs> are you done? You're only egging people on. 
Uh, Tanner Plummer, Manti Teo has has been able to carve out a decent NFL career for himself. It's not fucking real, right? All right. <laughs> right. you live in Georgia. If you want to go that fast, go to a local racetrack. They will let you go as fast as you want. That's what I'm saying. But you know, dude, Jordan, you can't tell me Georgia's not backsliding this year. Come on, Tom Dean. If Notre Dame played Baylor. Uh, the winner would be Jesus. Well, Notre Dame wins every game they play. In God's name, image, and likeness. You know, OG Gary, Audi is goat. Uncultured people need to see their way off the jet. Damn, bro. <laughs> All I can say is I had an Audi SQ5 premium. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. That car was unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know. Um, Roger Abbott. I'm having a lot of fun today. Damn right I know. you are. Damn right you are. <laughs> Kaufman, so you're saying you have seen Manti Teo's girlfriend, Monty? Yeah, so, you know, I mean, her camera on her phone was broken, but she called me. We, you know. Don't lie to me. She FaceTimed you, but it was in the dark. Do people, are people really that dumb? Like, oh, you know, I live in Boston. Um, and you, know, you live in New York. We could easily see each other, but the camera on my phone's broken, you know. It's not the best situation, and we all know that. I'll be there. And then people will go to and, like, travel to the catfish, and they'll be, like, not there. And then they'll get Neve and Cammy involved. <laughs> and, the, and then they go see the catfish, and he's, like, a 1,000 pounds, or she's, like, a 1,000 pounds. You want to explain that? And they're like, yeah, you would have never come and met me if you knew how fat I was. Well, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So how has this worked out for you? It's so weird to me. Yeah. The whole catfishing thing is strange. Renee Roca, uh, I'm high on wigs, flats, wings, flats, of course, dude. Dude. We made some wings over the weekend. Uh, Manti Teo now has a kid and yet no pack to you. <laughs> Capazzo, my guy in the Jeezy. What's up, Capazzo? <laughs> We're uh, we have a plan over the winter to be down there multiple times to golf. Capazzo, we got to hook it up. Audi, I would own one. Yeah, me too. I miss it. Roundabout said, I said meh. Yeah, which isn't like yeah, I love Audi. So I mean, you know, what are you? What are you, a Kia guy? No, he's a he's an old style guy. He drinks old style. Are we clear on that? Greg Nelson. Hell yes, that wasn't a mistake. He wanted to claim victory. Okay. Uh, Giggity. Manti's NFL career is about as good as the MLS. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that's a reference to our members-only chat on Instagram, which you can be a part of for $9.99. Click the button, do it. Okay, great. Uh, that was a great That was a great job. Well done. MLS is mid. Roundabout? MLS is meh. 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 You know, um, Jeff Wadsworth, Manti Teo's girlfriend was a lotter er woman. Lotter er uh, woman. You, okay, you gonna have to try again, my guy. I, I, I don't. Again, I, I don't get it. Uh, yeah. Clint Mose says catfish legend. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just looked it up. Tanner said, and the last NFL team Manti Teo was on, yeah, the Chicago Bears. I even know that. Uh, Gary. SQ5 is mad nice. I want to trade my car in for an RS5. Yeah. Dude. And I want Manti Tail's girlfriend to be real, but that ain't happening either. Uh, I'm now dating. 
Cowboy country. I'm now dating Manti Tail's girlfriend's mom. I just tweeted a pic of the two of us together to you. <laughs> I, I, okay. Roundabout says I drink old English. Don't judge me. <laughs> I love it. Let's, I, okay. <laughs> okay. Touche, sir. Let me clip the picture of cowboy country. He actually did. See, now this is making the program better. See? He actually, this is the effort I'm talking about. He sent us a picture of him and, and Manti Tail friends. Tail friends? Manti Tail's girlfriend's mom. Please. I, and she's hot. She's hot. This better be good, dude. She's hot. And I, I, I you know. I mean, I, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to judge nobody, because you know I I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um. You know, but as you see here, I mean, wow, she's amazing. Wow. Anybody? Oh! Anybody oh, notice? My mind is blown. Right above Oki State's head is Jesus. Wow. Oki State's a Notre Dame fan. God bless. I love it. Great see, thing. making the show better right here. You see, see what I mean? See, Cowboy Took a picture, Country. Like you got on the show. Nice job, dude. And we appreciate you. Yeah, and nice by the way, job. good looking girlfriend. Yeah. She's really yeah, good man. job. Yeah, that's that's well done. Congratulations on your nuptial. Stuck. Wishing you the best. Uh, you know, uh, truck stop Gumby says, damn. <laughs> Clint Mose laughs out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Roundabout says, gotta post that pic or it didn't happen. Well, he did. He did. That's exactly right. Uh, meh League Soccer is what MLS stands for. Wow. Wow. All right, let's talk about Apple TV. Yeah. Is Apple TV a legitimate option for MLS and for Pac-12 and for other sports in general? No. <laughs> um. Okay, Nicola. I, pre- I mean, I appreciate you weighing in. So Apple and MLS are said to be now thrilled with their TV deal. And what this comes from is a meeting that Apple had with MLS where Apple congratulated the MLS presidents on signing Messi. To which one of the presidents said, well, hey, what can we do to help with you know, the deal and make it a better deal. To which the president of Apple Sports said, sign better players. <laughs> because Messi has apparently added significant subscribers to Apple TV. Which you would expect. And now John Arrand, one of the foremost media reporters in this country, is reporting that MLS and Apple have over a million subscribers, according to sources. Because, of course, Apple is not publishing subscriber information. Mm. And they protect it to the point where they make MLS personnel sign non-disclosure agreements to know how many people are subscribed to the MLS pass. But here's the problem. Sources are saying it's a million subscribers. So right off the top, you need to know that MLS season ticket holders automatically get a free included, not free, but included subscription 
to MLS Pass on Apple TV with their season tickets. Yeah. So that's about 217,000, depending on who you believe. And then you figure that you have all of the free subscriptions to Apple MLS Pass through T-Mobile, which by some accounts is 497,000 subscribers. So if you do some round numbers, that's half a million, 200,000 from MLS season ticket holders. That's 700,000 subs that are unpaid. And what they're saying is that 300,000 paid subscribers is what actually MLS and Apple have for MLS Pass on Apple TV. Right. And that Messi brought in a significant influx of those subscribers. And you'll remember, before the Messi announcement, it was termed as a disaster. So I ask you if you're the Pac-12 and you're looking at the debacle that was Messi's announcement on Apple TV, which, by the way, is produced by MLS. Apple just distributes it. Because it's garbage. But you look at the disaster that MLS and Apple TV has been. Does it excite you to partner with with Apple TV for your streaming distribution, which by some accounts is going to be 50% of your carriage? And I say it's not. And this is why I am a firm believer that you, if you are the Pac-12, you cannot do a deal with Apple TV that's any more than 30% of your, your games. 30% of your games on stream, 70% of your games on any ESPN linear platform, or really any platform together, because from what I understand, ESPN potentially is going to take the the first game, the best tier one game, and have that on Saturday night. And then they're going to take like tier three, their third or fourth best game, and put that on ESPN+. Are we clear on that? And then your second best game will go to your streaming partner who it's widely believed could be Apple TV. Right. Which I'm telling you is all it should be. Because if it's all of your games, that's never going to get approved. But let's say half of your games. Your number one game, let's say, is on ESPN. 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 Eastern kickoff on ESPN. Yeah. Okay, that's okay. And let's say your other, because what do you have every week? Five games. Your other four games are on Apple TV. I think it's an abject failure. I don't think there's any way possible, Jake, that that's a a, a recipe for success if you're the Pac-12. Yeah, well, I think the, the, the problem here is kind of what we were talking about with just how many people actually pay to view the product. Because again... Remember, consumer buying habits are very clear. If you're in if there's intentionality behind what you're spending, you're going to consume whatever the product is. So if you're paying, if you're making the choice to pay for MLS in this case, okay, you're going to watch that content. If you're paying for the Pac-12, you're going to watch it. But if you're a T-Mobile customer, if you're uh, 
you know, a season ticket holder of a, a, a of of an institution, let's say, right? Like if you're a a Utah season ticket holder, and that means you auto bid into Apple TV, you're you're not necessarily going to watch the game on Apple TV, right? Because all those season ticket holders should theoretically be at the game. So my point in all this is, if you're the Pac-12, yeah, sure, would having one game on ES or uh, on Apple TV work? Yeah, sure, fine, whatever, right? Tier three game on Apple TV. That's fine. But the idea that people are running out there that Apple somehow would be a better place for 60% of your carriage than ESPN and ESPN Plus is ludicrous to me. I don't even think it's comparable. I don't even think it's apples to apples because I'm not going to. Yes. Well, yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm not going to Apple to view sports. And in fact, I'm not going to Apple at all. And I'm an Apple guy, right? MacBook Pro, iPhone, Pro Max, yada, yada, right? The whole nine. I'm not an Apple TV guy, right? I am about to be done with DirecTV, going to go to YouTube TV. I am an Amazon Prime Video guy, right? Little bit of Netflix, and that's about it. So to me, I just think this sell of like, hey, people are going to buy your product. Well, if people were going to buy the Pac-12 product, if people were so invested in the success of the Pac-12, we wouldn't be here. And that's the problem I don't think you can get over. It's why the SEC, it's why the Big Ten, frankly, it's why the Big 12 all have fresh new income coming in from the TV world. And it's why the ACC wants to break its grant of rights because they see everybody and their mom walking by them. Right, the Pac-12 is really the only conference that is not just strolling right by the ACC with their TV deal. That's the problem. You're not relevant. You don't decide things in college football. You just happen to play college football right now, and that's why I don't think Apple TV is a great fit. No, I I think it would be a a mistake. And you know, it, it's funny. Tanner Plummer, who's in our our Instagram group, we were battling a little bit, and Tanner is likes to fight guy. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. But Tanner is a passionate fan of MLS soccer. There's no doubt about that. We were talking about Messi. And my belief is that if Messi's not playing soccer in MLS, there is no MLS. Right. And Tanner being a Real Salt Lake fan, who is the, the club in Salt Lake City, Utah. That's great. It's not disrespectful to RSL or Portland, or Columbus, or NYFC, or whoever you want to point to. It's just the way American sports are consumed. I haven't watched probably 10 MLS games this year. Did I miss Messi the other night? No, I did not. Have I watched the highlight a million times? Yes, I have. Thanks. Because Messi is MLS. Inter-Miami is not David Beckham. It's Lionel Messi. Yeah. So my question is, who's the Pac-12's Lionel Messi? Well, right now it's Lincoln Riley. Because if Lincoln Riley and USC are playing a football game, your mom wants to watch it. Yeah. Everybody wants to watch USC. So let me ask you. With all due respect to Oregon, Washington, certainly Utah. With all due respect. When USC and UCLA leave this league, who's 
Who's messy in the Pac-12? Um, yeah, I don't know either. Because Cam Rising, Penix Jr., Bo Nix, they're all gone after this year. Grant Keithy, he's gone after this year. Cole Bishop, probably gone after this year. Who's the messy? Who's the can't-miss-it guy? It ain't Jaden Glora. It's not one of 3,700 quarterbacks at Arizona State that transferred in. You know. Who is it? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea because you're not the Big 12. You're not the SEC, certainly. You're not even the Big 10. This is my point about Apple TV. If there's no Messi, there's no MLS. If there's no Lincoln Riley and the Pac-12 is on Apple TV, there's no Pac-12. That's as simple as I can say it. Yep. The Pac-12 doesn't have a Messi. Every other conference does. The Pac-12 does not. A year from now, this conference is dead if more than 30% of their games are on full stream. And if they do a deal... They do an all-streaming deal that's not called Amazon Prime. The conference is dead. If they do more than 50% on stream and it's not Amazon Prime, this conference is dead. Because every recruit's mom has Amazon Prime on her phone. His grandma, his best friend, his best friend's family, his football coach, his Boy Scout troop, his baseball team, everybody has Amazon on their phone. You can watch Amazon Prime Video right now. You may not know that. But if you have Amazon and you're an Amazon Prime member, you can watch whatever's on Amazon Prime. How is it possible that we are Apple enthusiasts at a minimum, (laughs) Apple loyalists, and I don't have the Apple TV app on my phone? Yeah, I don't know. Right? Like, I don't... It's just not my thing. It's funny. I took a massive update. I'm in the beta... Uh, group that takes new updates to test for Apple. Program. I downloaded that beta update. And what's the first thing you saw on my phone the other day driving to golf? Apple TV. MLB on Apple TV update. Hey, the Chicago Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals exclusively on Apple TV. Yep. But what's the only MLS update I've ever gotten on my phone from Apple TV? Hey, Lionel Messi's first game is tonight. Subscribe now. Here's a link. That's the only time I've ever gotten a, an MLS pass on my phone. Yeah. Lionel Messi. Yeah. So again, I just say, who's the, who's the Messi of the Pac-12? Yeah, it's a great question. I don't know. Elaine Trans, very interesting point. Dion has an all... I don't know what that means. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, Tanner. Messi is still playing well, Gary. He is playing very well. Yeah. That's why it's such a shocker that he turned down the Saudi money. Because if you didn't see it, if you didn't see it, Lionel Messi came in, I think, in the 57th minute. And with about 45 seconds left in stoppage time, which is at the end of the game, he gets a free kick. And the goalkeeper could have been 10 feet tall and 12 feet wide. And he was never making that save. Because Lionel Messi did what Garrett Bale does, what David Beckham did, what Landon Donovan did, which nobody else in this league can do. He put a soccer ball into a soccer soccer ball-sized slot in the top left corner of the frame. 
because he's Lionel Messi. He can do that. Nobody on RSL, nobody on the Timbers, nobody on your mom's favorite MLS team can do what Lionel Messi did. Yeah. It's why it's such a shame that Gareth Bale didn't come back to LAFC. It's why it's such a shame that Ronaldo went to to Saudi Arabia and took that payday. It's why it's such a shame that Kylian Mbappe is going to Saudi Arabia to take the money. And it's such a miracle that Lionel Messi came to MLS. The single largest unbelievable move in, in American soccer history. Yeah. Save nobody. Yeah. It's it's just incredible incredible. Uh OG Gary. Messi also reaffirmed the MLS stereotype, EPL retirement league plus mid-ass surrounding talent. Yes, absolutely right. If you're an elite player on on the European continent, you can be a superstar, highly paid 50-year-old in MLS. You're not wrong. Uh, Mike Games from the Steel Valley. Uh, Okay. Okay. The Pac-12 is already dead. They just don't know it yet. Could be very true. Yeah, could be. Jeff, you could watch Stanford versus Cal while buying your underwear. That's exactly right. Roundabout. Yeah, Dion is a loyal is as loyal as his options. Ooh. If he has any success, he'll jump. I don't think so. I think Dion is well, 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 well aware. He needs five years in Boulder. And the other thing you got to remember is. Above all else, what is Deion Sanders? He's a businessman. He's not a football coach. He's a businessman. He's not a Hall of Fame football player. No, before that, he's a businessman. He's a brand. He's an icon. He knows it's bad to be somewhere a year and then jump to wherever. Yeah. He knows that. Yeah, it's bad for your reputation. He's not going to leave Boulder next year to go coach at Florida State. Everybody keeps talking about, well, he's going to coach at Florida State. Not next year, he's not. He's going to be at Bol- in Boulder at Colorado for five years. You watch. He will be there for five years. And he will recruit, and he will kick ass. And in two years, I think they will start winning seven to ten games a year. Because I think he's a phenomenal coach with a phenomenal staff. Amazing. Rob Whitworth, I only want to watch USC lose. Well, <laughs> I mean, you and a lot of other people. Problem is you're outnumbered probably 70 to 1 by diehard Trojan fans. Fight on, bro. You know. Um, Let's see. Shooter Texas. The Big 12 doesn't need a messy. The Big 12 has parody and excitement games. I think the Big 12's... The Big 12's big advantage is... Is that they're still here. And then they have a bunch of power brands and they're the best basketball conference in the country by far. And they're the most well-run conference and they are the most money-making conference and they're the best business conference. Yeah. Their huge advantage is they're still here. They're losing Texas and Oklahoma and they're on the way up. They're not on the way down. That's their advantage. And the sad thing is if you're a Pac-12 fan, all the Pac-12 did was make it possible. Yep. Not adding BYU was a massive mistake. Well, we play on Sundays and we hate white salamanders. Well, that (coughs) might be true. But not having BYU in the Pac-12 is part of the biggest problem that you have. Yes, it is. Which is you have no value now. Yep. 
You have no value statement. And position. the arrogance just is a bad look. It, it really is. Uh, Raider Mark, uh, they can want Amazon Prime, but if Amazon doesn't want the Pac-12 or want them at a cheap cost, why overpay? You would never overpay. Yeah, well, and I think that's You're the main exactly struggle right. with the Pac. Yeah, everybody wants wants to pay a certain mm-hmm. amount, and that's not the amount the Pac wants. And so that's why I say like this Klyovkov conversation at Media Day, like I, I don't know what they have or don't have. I mean, I agree with you. I think every president and their mom knows what the number is for their Pac-12 deal. Yeah. But I'm I, I'm not 100% confident that that thing is, like, signed, sealed, and delivered. I, 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 I think I've heard a lot of, hey, we've pre-negotiated the grant of rights and the revenue share. We've done these things. But I've not heard someone be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The deal is, 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 like, we haven't heard someone come out and just unequivocally be like, yep, deal's going to be done. This is when it will come out. No one's really no said one's that. No one's doing that. We, we've heard a ton of, yeah, 10 days, couple weeks, you know, like a lot of conjecture and spinning. And that's what I think Media Day wound up being. And that's why I think the Amazons of the world understand that it's like, hey, we're going to offer you a certain amount because we know that ESPN is not offering $400 million or some ridiculous right. deal. We, we know that. That's right. And I think that's the reality that people are living with. By yeah. the way, great job on subscribers today. Up almost 30 subscribers Let's today go. during the show. You guys are kicking ass. If you haven't yet, please hit the like button. It really helps the channel grow. The Monty Show um, as always, is presented by our good friends at BladeHQ.com. You guys, have you been to BladeHQ.com? If you have not, the thing that you need to know about BladeHQ.com, they're the best knives from the best knife makers. And here on the Monty Show, you know we love working with local entrepreneurs. Mark and his crew at BladeHQ have built a behemoth, 15,000 knives in stock on a daily basis at BladeHQ.com. So, If you're somebody that's looking for a daily carry, if you're somebody that's a collector that's looking for a rare one-off piece, they've got everything to suit your needs no matter what kind of piece you're looking for. And if you're a hunter and you need hunting supplies, if you're a fisherman, if you are just somebody who's looking for a Leatherman's tool, if you're somebody that needs outdoor survival gear, if you're somebody that's prepping and and preparing for an uncertain future, BladeHQ.com has everything that you need from clothing, Batons, lanterns, lights, knives, every blade, every shape, every length, every fold, every adjustment, bladehq.com. And the best part, I say this every day on the show, the best part about bladehq.com is the way you get their product. They have their own website. You're like, hey, Jack, everybody has their own website. That might be true. But how many times have you had a bad experience where you go to buy something off of a website? The website's slow. It's clunky. You can never find what you need. I try to stay calm and not curse. BladeHQ.com built their own platform, their own algorithms, their own software, and it's all designed to make sure that you have the easiest, seamless, like the best buying experience. Just flipping around their site, looking at their inventory, looking through their different categories, the site moves really fast. It's easy. It's visually pleasing. And whatever you buy is at your door in a blink from bladehq.com. Go there, check them out, find them on social media. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. All right, let's run through your comments on Apple TV because then we've got to get to Tom Brady's uh, adult life. Bros, 
If I <laughs> if I said to you, Tom Brady's got a new girlfriend, dudes. I mean, cock a doodle doo. God damn. We'll talk about that, but uh, as we talk about uh, the Pac-12 and Apple TV being an option. Um, uh, roundabout says first live chat. I've been a part of have to say I've enjoyed it and looking forward to the fan banter with my UFC, uh, or UCF teams fans in the big 12 sans UConn, of course. Oh, roundabout. Man, we did you. some work with UCF at media day, bro. Yeah. If you haven't seen those. Go By check the way, them out. you have no idea what this chat section's like in season. Oh yeah, dude. Dude. It's crazy. MH five. Coach Prime needs to be Commissioner Prime. Would way rather heard from him than George at this point. Yeah, and Jake, you're a conspiracy theory on this. I am. You really are. Like I am. I I think it's very convenient that Prime chose to have the surgery on the same day that Media Day is. I think Prime is supposed to be this this superstar, if you will. This this personality that really injects energy and and is is a magnet, right? He is an ideal fit for a media day. There's just no way around that. And I'm not even saying the guy's going to win 10 games, right? What but what I'm saying is that media day is supposed to be this situation where it's positive and it's fun and you're in Vegas yeah. and there's a lot of great stuff happening and this guy chose to have a surgery on media day. What? You're telling me you couldn't wait or you couldn't get it done before that or you couldn't wait a day after? Like <laughs> That's why I don't buy it. Let me, let me get this right. Yeah, I don't buy it. Um, let me let me get this right. Jake is a back to front guy, so I understand that certain things confuse you. Oh dear. Oh my. Please continue. He's a back to front. Please. It became personal with me. So let me get that. He's got a life threatening surgery. He has no feeling in his foot. Mm -hmm. And they're contemplating amputating his leg from the knee down by some reports. Mm -hmm. And he is fighting significant blood clots. Ow! Which, by the way, you know, blood clots kill people. Ain't ducking, no smoke. But he should fly to Los Angeles from Boulder. Vegas. Which when you... Oh, I'm sorry. Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. you're right. My, my bad. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he should fly over the truck stop conference. To Vegas in an airplane when he has blood clots, which will kill you if you fly. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Bro. Death. Look, if you want to buy into the schemers game, that's fine, dude. That's fine. If you want to buy in. Schemers trying to control their if, little if blood you clots. Wanna, if you want to buy in. That's fine. What is wrong with you? That's fine. You think you don't care about his health? I, that's not what I said. It's not what I said. That's I just said he I should said. have been at Pac-12 media days. Yeah. Or I, excuse I, me, I, day. I, yeah. It was one day, 15 minutes. Because yeah. his athletic director was out in like seven minutes, which is what I've heard about you in three minutes. If that. I mean, if Buddy doesn't want to fly, it's a 10-hour drive. Buddy doesn't want to fly. But let me get this right. Buddy's going to find his way onto the football field. Because I know. But it's a life-threatening thing, and he's going to die. He'll, he find a way, he'll find a way to coach football games. He had but, surgery. But he'll, he'll miss the most important day in the conference's history with where the conference is at. Even though he chose to join he the conference. Full well knowing surgery. that George mess everything up. Klyovkov is going to make a fool of himself on stage. No, nah, we don't need to go to that day. No. Nope. 
Everybody, oh. welcome roundabout to the members. Let's go, baby. Let me Let's pull it go. out here. Here we go. Let's go, baby. Everybody, welcome roundabout. Roundabout, appreciate you very much. Welcome to the program, as we call it, the showgram. Yes. Um, for some reason, program. YouTube is being quite difficult, so it will not tell me what level of membership you joined in. But we appreciate you being here. Thank you for that. Um, you know. I just don't think you can risk your life. Big Jack 512 says, stick to your guns, Jake. Yeah. I mean, come on, dude. Tom says, Jakey Anon two clots. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Well done. Oh, Saul Goodman says, team crutches. Yeah. Come on, dude. Team walking boot. Let's go. Team walking boot. Team team scooter. Team scooter. More... Um, Let's see. Wait, Mike games from the seal Valley. You're talking about Deion Sanders, a player who was too afraid to make a tackle. <laughs> yeah, whatever, dude. Maury Alvarez, our great Floridian. They didn't want prime there anyway, because he would be a gasoline on the fire. Kleovcock started. <laughs> see, I guess. See, see, uh, John Famlor. I'm seriously just praying Deion Sanders retains all his body parts and is healthy for the next few years. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. You feel better? Guys are getting soft on me. <laughs> oh, gee, Gary. <laughs> Dude. Oh, gee, Gary. Dude. I don't know that I can say that out loud. Maybe your mom didn't go to heaven. <laughs> Bro. <clears throat> Peg Leg Sanders <laughs> could have FaceTimed from a dark room and say his camera's broken. Welcome to the fucking show. <laughs> wow. We, the last thing we need on this show okay. in, in the comment <laughs> section. <laughs> Final. We don't need any more of your shit, Jakey Two Toes. Dude. The last thing we need in the comment section is primetime toe-cutting comments. <laughs> the last thing we need is, well, we're just playing, you know, prayers. Bless up to your toes, Prime. Yeah. yeah. Hope all them nail toes are attached. In God's name, image, and likeness. You guys are better than Jakey Two Toes. Come on. Ow. Greg Swaim says, oh, the horror. Cowboy country. For the record, the picture I shared earlier, the bobblehead above my head is Jesus, but he's rooting for SMU. God bless. Wow. OG Gary, back to front guy, is also a butt to tip guy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Back to front. Wow. You got I don't what how did this get away from us? Oh Tom. Tom says prime cuts. Damn, Stop dude. It. Stop <laughs> it. J Rod from Coach Prime to Coach Pulmonary Embolism. Damn, dude. Chill. <laughs> Think that's HIPAA? Shooter Texas. Twinkle toes to no toes. That's right. God almighty. Capazzo. Got to go. Dinner is on the table. Great showgram today. Thanks, Capaz. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. Bryce Martin, he's just trying to have the same amount of toes as Ralphie. You guys, stop. You know. The guy has a serious medical condition. <coughs> as Ralphie? 
Come on, man. You're fucking Cole Beasley. Rick Forrester. Ronnie Locke cut his own pinky finger off. Least Prime could do is cut his toes off and show up. <laughs> you guys are crazy. Connor Johnson wants to be serious. UConn to the Big 12. That's what they're saying. They are saying UConn to the Big 12. I'm saying what, I, I don't buy it. Let me it. tell you what, Nat. I'm saying I don't buy it. Yeah. I, 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 I could see it as a possibility. I'm not saying that I buy it. I, I'm truly not saying. I Listen. I understand this conference wants to expand. I totally get that. But I am not 100% in on UConn. I don't see the net gain. Obviously, I I still think this is the best basketball conference in the country. If you're going to add UConn, please, please tell me why. You are going to have to subsidize football. Is it not a requirement to have an on-campus stadium? Apparently not. And, and I don't know how you add that. Well, and I think your best point, and again, Connor should go back to the beginning of the show because we talked all about this, but I think the best point today about UConn is that is real estate. Where are you going to put the stadium? Even yeah. if you could, where are you going to put it? And by the way, uh, just because UConn would potentially join the conference doesn't mean they're getting 31.5 or 31.7. I agree. So right now on their TV deal, they're getting about $7 mil a year before tournaments and all the extracurriculars, all the cherry on tops. So if UConn were to get, let's just call it 14 mil, we'll just double what they get now. Sure. 14 mil plus some change from the tournament because they're pretty much a tournament team every year. Yep. That's still not enough to build a stadium, as you said. So that's why I say it is a strictly basketball ad, and you're just going to have to suck it up with football. So I'm curious Hey, does their share go down a little bit because the rest of the conference has to subsidize, or or what's the deal look like? <laughs> Tom Dean, number of Manti Teo girlfriends greater than number of prime toes. Damn, bro. <laughs> Y'all feel me? Come on, Drew Money. Is there enough butter for the toes? Oh, excuse me, I meant toast. <laughs> Wow. OG Gary, Sanders can't even say he's down 10 toes now. Wow. Wow. Y'all are savages. Roundabout. Prime just can't cut like he used to. Damn. See what he did there? So it's like cut and they got to cut his leg off and stuff. Oh, fuck. I didn't even think of that. (laughs) Um. Saul Goodman, Dion should just grow a leg. Right. Wow. Shooter, Texas. Blood clots in the leg is no joke. Knew a guy who died from that when the clot made its way to his heart. Yeah, Jake. Because <coughs> blood clots <coughs> will kill you. <coughs> that, that, you know, blood clots will kill you. Like death. It's a yeah, you're, that's a good point. It's a good point. Um, J-Rod says, OG Gary, save me a seat. OG Gary says, right next to me, J-Rod. Okay. Charles wants to know if Prime gets discounted pedicures. Well, he's only got oh. seven toes. Well, uh, what's your guys' rate for doing seven toes? Jakey seven holes. Yeah. Uh, Connor Johnson, think they don't add UConn for the same reasons Pac doesn't want to add San Diego State till they're ready for now to dilute No, it. see the difference, though, and nah, I understand your point. Difference. There's a big difference here, dude, because UConn, I can sit here and say, okay, UConn's a tournament team every year. And every, what, three, four years, they're going to make the Sweet 16 yes. and push for the eight. San Diego State is not that guy, pal, right? San Diego State had a good year, no question about it. They deserve oh. a lot of credit, but they are not a regular 
deep into the tournament team. <laughs> what? OG Gary. Deion took break a leg a little too seriously. Damn, dude. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, Mike Games. Maybe Deion should have a spine implanted so Dallas could use him to Bro. stop the runner blitzing the quarterback. Bro. Tanner Final. Blood clots, which kill people. Is that the new? They cut people's heads off, Phil. Damn. Back in the day, we used to have a they cut people's heads off rant about the Saudi, Saudi stooge. Thank you. Good Lord. Uh, Clint Moses. Jakey should go full conspiracy theory. Prime is faking health issues for views. Yeah, what is he, Damar Hamlin? <laughs> Come on. That's not really Damar Hamlin. Damar died on the field. They're just faking it, man. It's ridiculous. That's somebody acting like Damar. You know. Uh, um, let's see. Saul Goodman says Dion took a leg for the packs. Suited it there. Took a, uh, yeah, suited it there. No, Mark. Coach Prime learning how to clog dance. You guys. Dude, dude bro. Tanner, how long will it take for Jake to join QAnon? <laughs> LOL. Connor Probably Johnson. longer than it will take you to admit that MLS is mid. Probably going to have to spend half that $14 million on travel, too. You ain't kidding. No, that's real. Shooter Texas. Coach Prime said he would give an arm and a leg to be in a P5. Too real. He was literally just too serious. Too real. Bryce Martin. Jim Moore will have that team ready, especially if they go to the Big 12. It's definitely not UCLA. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, Delaric, UConn to the Big 12 on the condition they get a new campus football stadium by the end of the TV deal or they're out. Once they're in, they're in, dude. It's hard to kick them out. Jeff, maybe they want UConn for academic footprint and CU for their football footprint minus a few toes. Oh. Damn, dude. Uh, just can't get away from it. Just can't get away from it. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Jimmy Otson, Tony Parker, greater than no toe Dion. Tony Parker. Nope. No toe Dion. Riley O'Brien, primetime Emmanuel Sanders, and they very difficult by the ways is going to be his new band name. By the ways. Right. Jeremy Callahan, if I was Sanders, I would have cut my own foot off to get out of that miserable mess that wow. was media day. I get you a toe. Ow! You know. Uh, Tom, Dion, not to be outdone by Hamlin, does on the field for long... Dies on the field for... Oh, let's hope not. Uh, Mike says uh, MLS is still a thing. I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> Neither did Messi. <laughs> Neither did Messi. All right, let's talk about Tom Brady's <clears throat> new love interest. Thanks to our friends at TridayTrading.com. <laughs> TridayTrading.com slash Monty. You guys, I know that a lot of us are dealing with back-to-office issues. Um, a lot of us wish that we could open our own business. Um, a lot of us wish that we could go back to school and learn new skills, TridayTrading.com, because that's exactly what you're getting out of TridayTrading.com's program. And when you you get educated by TridayTrading.com, you go through their program. And if I said to you, you can make $1,000 a day, $240,000 a year at a minimum. Are you making more than that now? All right, cool. Do it part-time. And you can make, what if what if I said to you, what if I said you can make $2,500 extra a week? Would that, how would that do? $10,000 a month, $120,000 a year. Doing it part-time. 
That would be fantastic. You can absolutely do that. Those are realistic numbers. Because when you go with TridayTrading.com, you go through their program, you learn to be a prolific day trader. When you're done with it, they give you an account that they fund. You make your initial trades with their money. And when you make money with TridayTrading.com's money, you keep 80% of the profit at TridayTrading.com. And the best part of it is you get all of that for a $10 30-day trial membership. You give them $10, it goes straight to charity. It's a tax write-off for you. Then they give you their entire program for 30 days. No obligation after 30 days. You get all of their high-level coaching. You learn about their processes, their algorithms, their software. You learn how you can make three dollars to $500 a day doing it part-time. You learn how you can make $1,000 or more a day doing it full-time. And you learn that you can live the life you've always dreamed of, vacations, homes, cars. Maybe you just want to save for retirement and retire early, tridaytrading.com. Maybe you're tired of getting forced to go back to the office. Work for yourself, own your own business, work at home, tridaytrading.com. Slash Monty, $10. That's it. That's all it costs you. $10 for a 30-day trial membership at tridaytrading.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Tom Brady has a new girlfriend. So, you know that Tom Brady, the retired quarterback, greatest GOAT professional athlete, in my opinion, ever, TB12, got divorced from Giselle's Bunchton. They have kids. They're living separate lives now. She is frolicking with her jujitsu coach. <laughs> and from what I understand, she has an amazing arm bar and strong hands. Anyway, the point is, Tom's kind of been banging around a little bit, literally and figuratively. His cock. He's been linked. <laughs> He's been linked to Kim Kardashian, rumors that Kim K denied. But now nobody's denying the fact that Tommy is dating Irina Shake. I think it's, I don't know how you pronounce her. S-H-A-Y-K. Shake? Shake? Hot P-O-A? Hello, Irina. Here I am. This is Tom's alleged new girlfriend. Right. Irina. Now, admittedly, this is much more up Tom's alley, right? Model, Dude. you know, super attractive. That, mm. You're not vibing on this girl, are you? It. Giselle? Hey. Well, hello. Irina. That, that Irina, that. But this is like Tom versus Aaron Rodgers. Giselle is Tom. Uh, Irina's Aaron Rodgers, right? They're oh, both great, but Tom Giselle's the winner. It's very or, serious. In this picture. one, yes. Yeah. This one, uh, this one. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, let's be honest. I'm not kicking Irina out of bed. I mean, who is? She is. Let's be honest. She's dilly I, dilly. I don't know what happened to her face in this picture. I mean, you know. That's the same picture. It's an awkward outfit. I don't mind it at all. I got to be honest with you. Uh, same event, different angle. Ooh, hey. Oh, my. She's on Tom's level, though. And we talk about this with dating all the time. Right. Guys like Tom Brady, when you're leaving, when you're leaving this behind, eh, it's awfully difficult to go to Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Once you've had Giselle's bunched in. And Kim K came out and said that she uh, regrets the Pete Davidson chapter a lot. So you know who's shopped at the store, dude. 
You know who shopped at the store? You have to go from this to this. Yeah. Supermodel the supermodel, you can do that, right? Yep. Like, yep. supermodel the supermodel, we can do that. Yep. But you, my guy, now this is this is a touchdown. Yeah. You, you're going deep here. Yeah. This is a seam route. Yes. Right? I mean. Yes, absolutely. Uh, which one? Mm, eh. Giselle's the goat, dude. <sighs> I've yet to see a, a, a model who competes with her who just like in that picture she just got that killer look man she just crushes it but this one right here yeah that's a good look oh irena yeah. oh irena good looking gal no doubt oh giselle that's kind of a mommy outfit yeah oh giselle yeah giselle's fine yeah she's beautiful yeah they're both beautiful yeah but i'm a big believer in this and i know that again this is something we've talked about when it was kim k we took a lot of heat from the lady viewers of the program who were mildly upset that I said, not mildly upset, significantly. Kim K, you got a sex tape with Ray J, Pete Davidson, Kanye West. <coughs> you're taking it easy. Like, get it, you're taking it easy. Right, see what he did there. You can't. You can't step down to Kim Kardashian. You can step up. Well, not that one. You can step up to Iron. This picture bothers me. Why? Because I think she wants to rip my juggler out and drink my blood. She's, she's a model, dude. You understand that, right? Yeah, but whatever that face thing is happening there, this is a model glare. Hey, baby. This is like, ah! right? Okay, like that's I don't a, know about all that. That's dude. that face where you're like watching a horror movie. <clears throat> And there, and the ghost comes on the screen, and you're like, huh? Like, um, right? A little pee comes out. Right. Now this one, hey baby, what's up, yo? Big shout out, sweetheart. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, these are all hot chicks. Tom Brady, this is fine. Kim Kardashian, no. Okay. No. No. No, no can do. Right. So, is this acceptable for Tom? Absolutely. Yeah, I think this is. Like for like apples to apples, right up his alley. And Absolutely. do you buy into do you buy into the levels of dating? Yeah, I mean I think generally speaking, even even just in normal life, like if we leave celebrity land, yeah. I mean I think that <sighs> like culturally speaking, I, I in the US, like I do think that there's some there has to be some consideration for where people are at in life. Has to be. You know, I I think whether we want to admit that or not is a different conversation, but the reality is when you're dating, you're you're you, if you're not asking the question, "Hey, like what do you do for a living?" like, you know, like what's your life like? And it's not even necessarily about like the dollar figure that someone's making, but it's more about like, "Hey, what path are you on? Like what are you working towards?" Right. like you know that type of stuff, and 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 so like when you get to Tom's level, Tommy, like when you're a billionaire at this point, and you're all this money, and everything's awesome, and you're really just trying to find a personality match. Honestly, like I I do think that for Tom, the looks and the personality matter more than than what they do for a living, because ultimately Tom's threshold, like the bottom level for Tom is like Tommy. miles higher than any than most other guys, right? Tommy. Yeah. Like I mean the guy just has a standard. And, and I so, have no problem with that. Yeah, and I don't have an issue with that. But but ultimately, 
I, I think the thing with uh, Kim K that I've always had a problem with is just, again, the choices she's made, the guys she's been with, like, like the way things have gone down. Like, that family, I, with respectfully, is just trouble for you. It just is. And I'm not saying that Kanye divorce is all Kim K's fault. Kanye is flat out crazy. Yeah, There's but just you, no doubt hooked, about you that. knew that. Yeah, I mean, you knew it. But, like, but like I just think the way it all played out, it, it, she made some bad decisions. And that's okay. It doesn't make her a bad person. But that doesn't mean that Tom has to be with it her. It doesn't make her a bad person. It just means you can't date Tom Brady. Yeah. And that and and I don't think that that's a hot take or some horrible thing to say. You know, um, Saul Goodman, Tom throws those girls a hamburger. <laughs> Somebody throw them some carbs. Yeah. Truck stop Gumby, she's got to wake up early and get some Mickey D's. That's exactly right. Uh, Raider Mark says she needs some bucked up. Yes, she does. Yes, and one or five buck bars. Yes, she does. <laughs> Jeremy Callahan, Brady don't like no meat on the bone. Apparently not. Apparently not. OG Gary, yeah, that's Ronnie's ex. He dumped her for a reason. Tom should take cues from AMC stock, pump and dump. Wow. Wow. She did date Bradley Cooper. She has a child with Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Uh, Tom Dean, Giselle's an 11. Yes. Absolutely. Saul Goodman, why no Kate Upton type, Tom? Hello. Mainly because she's married to Justin. Verlander. Verlander. Cheater. Uh, roundabout, I've heard Kim is easy. No? Well, she made a sex tape. But I... It's not an easy thing. First I, of all, okay. Is the, she a hoe? No. 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 But... The, dude, the sex tape was 20 years ago, bro. Like, you never get away from it, but ultimately she's a different person now than she was then. Just because... 20 years ago, she made a dumb decision. That doesn't make her a bad person now. But again, if you're Tom Brady, that's Tommy. the thing here. If you're Tommy, Tommy, like, I agree. It's a step down to go from Giselle to Kim K. And I don't think that's Can't disrespect to Kim K. I just think that's been, that's her path. That's her story. That doesn't mean that Tom has to get involved in that. Tommy. And I think that this, that what's her, what's her, Irina. Irina is much more up Tom's alley. Remember who Tom is Tommy. off the field, right? Like, forget about quarterback Tommy. Let's remember, hey, this guy. Okay, it's raining outside. Just opened up and uh, started. This guy Jeez. is vegetarian, vegan guy, super healthy, businessman. Like, he's got a type. This woman is right up his alley. Absolutely positively. And And by the way... It also should be said, who the hell knows what intent Tom is dating with? <laughs> I know so, what you're So is, right, to your point, is Tom dating just to, you know, have sex and have fun make and her a have some drinks? Man. and Like, is that what he's trying to do? How could he not? Or Well, but I think this is a real question. It's not just a sex joke. Is Tom dating to get remarried or is Tom dating just to have fun and have sex and do that? Because, again, we've run away from this, right? We've seen this firsthand. We love to run away from yeah. this. There's nothing wrong with dating because you want to have sex and have fun and get some drinks and do your thing. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. So my point here is that Irina, either way, is right up his alley. Kim K is a departure from what Tom usually does. Yep. Yeah. Uh, roundabout, you know who held up, uh, who has held up well? Heidi Klum, my God. Yes. 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 
Uh, Raider Mark, on a side note, how funny is it that Microsoft owns the X trademark? Screw over, screws over. Yeah, we got to talk about that in a minute. Uh, Pierre says Giselle is old. No, she's not. No, she's not. Uh, Tommy wanted something younger and fresh. Irina works as an actress, too. Yeah, dude. Yeah, she can act in my movie. Saul Goodman, uh, is that a rebound? Not sure. I don't think so. Kim K would have been a rebound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and donuts, airbrushed? Could be. You think this is airbrushed? Well, they're all airbrushed. Is this airbrushed? Yeah, on some level, they're all airbrushed, yeah. Well, I mean, they all look really good. I don't care. Just if Je- mm, Damn. Damn. Come on, man. But still not better than Cowboy Country's girlfriend. <laughs> She's airbrushed, too. Right. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, big bad brass balls. Giselle is old and has a mom bod now. She doesn't have a mom bod, though. That's the unbelievable part. I don't... Mm, not that it's a bad thing, but still, Tom is definitely upgrading to a new model. Like trading in a used car for a new model. Wow. Yeah, I don't love... Respectfully, dude, I don't love that comment. I don't yeah, like I, that at all, dude. Yeah, I don't, I, I, she's I, amazing. I have a... <clears throat> When we're having serious discussions, I know we make a lot of jokes, but when we're having serious discussions about dating, the female should not be treated like a piece of meat, dude. That's not, that's, that's not cool. Yeah, all I know is, let me find a recent picture of Giselle Bunchton, because she is not a mom bod. Like, this, just even her in, wait, wait, you guys, this was two days ago. I'm not going to show their kid. Look at this picture of Giselle from two goddamn days ago. Look at this picture. If this is a mom bod, I'm a huge fan of mom bods. Like, are you serious? Yeah, I mean, she's a beautiful woman, dude. How? Like, if if that's a mom bod, I, I don't even, like, what do you, what, 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 like, I'm trying to figure out, like, what is, what is it that we need? Yeah. Dude, like, Giselle is, she's, god damn. If, uh, yeah, seriously. You don't need to justify it, dude. Yeah, I think she it is. speaks for itself. And I'm looking for, a, 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 again, a recent picture of her. Um, Cosmo, here's one from, from three days ago. Three days ago. Oh, my God. If, if this is a mom bod, just... Please let this crash through my front door and be like, hey, mom bod time, bro. I- I'm all here. You guys ready for mom bod? That was three days ago. Mm-hmm. And you're they, like, that's a mom bod? That's not a mom. No, no, bro. That Giselle. No, sorry, dude. Nah, bro. You should, I it just, if, yeah. I, I'm all about it. Uh, Monty should trade his co-host for a new model. Reister JP says, I've thought about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, uh, Saul Goodman. She looks like Julia Roberts. Giselle looks like Julia Roberts. I guess a little bit. I, I'm not a Julia Roberts fan. Yeah. Never have been. Never will be. Uh, Riley O'Brien. Absolutely delightful snack. I will gladly do the dab for her. <laughs> right. Man, um, Stephen Noyce, I am way too old and poor for any of that. Uh, Tom Dean, before Tom, Irina was interested in Dion, but turns out she had a foot fetish. Oh, my God. Damn, bro. Oh, my Dude. God. Um, 
Final comment on this. Jeff Woodward. Giselle mom box, Jokic dad bod. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. All right, uh-huh. let's talk about... What do you guys think of this Twitter thing, real quick? Like, are you... Are you in to this whole Twitter re- Twitter today rename themselves X today? Just X. And they clearly did not execute this well. Right. They here in San Francisco, they were in the process of pulling the letters Twitter off the sign. Yeah. The cops showed up and stopped them from working because they didn't have a permit. Oh. Which you need. So now their sign out front doesn't say Twitter. It just says er. Oh. As somebody stated earlier, they named themselves X and didn't check the trademarks. Microsoft owns a trademark for X, so <coughs> Twitter cannot trademark the X. Mm. They, this is, and I know we've talked about Elon, and I know he's a, a cult hero, and I get all that. But somebody needs to explain to me how this guy has screwed this up so badly that Twitter is not worth one-third of its value of when he owned it, it's worth one third what he paid for it. Um, He's lost two thirds of his investment. Yeah. And it is all directly related. There was a CNBC did a thing today showing the state, the steps he's taken and the value of the stock going down, the value of the advertising dollar going down. Like when he pulled the blue check marks on Twitter accounts that signified, Hey, this is actually ESPN, Golf Channel, Allstate was a perfect example. Allstate insurance used to advertise on Twitter. Yeah. They stopped all advertising as soon as the blue check marks were taken off of brands. When he, when he supposedly stopped paying rent on all of their properties, their, their value went way down. When it came out that he was not going to any longer force those posting news to fact check their posts, their value went down and his advertising budget dropped 31%. Yeah. The week that he announced you would no longer have to have like veracity posts on tweets. So if you posted something about a news cycle, election news, whatever, you Twitter used to put this as an unverified post. Elon stopped doing that. Advertising slumped 31%. He's lost two thirds of his value. Now he rebrands to X and he can't even get it trademarked and he can't put X on the buildings in his headquarters because they didn't pull permits and he can't even advertise <laughs> that Twitter is now called X because it's trademarked by Microsoft. Like, what is, am I, and look, I know that Eli, Elon Musk has had his big mistakes, but there's no way around the fact that what he's done with SpaceX has been nothing short of remarkable. Now, having said that, he's gotten out of the way because he freely admits he's not, he's not uh, an engineer on that level and, Mm -hmm. 
But are you surprised at the level of incompetence that he has displayed at Twitter? Yeah, I mean, it is a little surprising. I mean, just by sheer businessman standards, you would think that this guy could run a company a little bit better. But but I guess the question that I still have is, why did you want to get involved in Twitter? What yeah. was the... Because before the Twitter acquisition, I mean, obviously... He was, you know, very active on Twitter politically. Massively. And, and I don't know what the ideal was, because that's all this is. This is a failed idea, failed concept, failed failed decision, right? And it's going to happen in business. But I don't understand why you took this risk, because you didn't need to. So I'm trying to understand what Elon thought was going to be the upside. Was the upside supposed to be that you were going to control narratives or you were going to, you know, like dominate the conversation in the country? Is no, that... You know what I think he was trying to do? In all honesty, I think he was trying to prove a point and he never thought that it would execute. And then he got in and he couldn't buy his ego would not let him pull out and say, no, yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing it. His ego would not let him pull out. Yeah. And now he's lost two thirds of his investment. Think about that. And we're talking billions of dollars. Yes. Like I, I, I'm stunned by it. Yeah, I mean it's a shocking mistake out of a guy his mm. stature. And and I think it's funny too, like, you know, you look at like SpaceX or and like PayPal, I think it was like PayX or Comex or something. It was before PayPal was PayPal, Elon had the company that became PayPal. Yeah. And it had an X involved in the name. I just can't remember the name of it, but but X is not new for Elon. And so to me it's like Again, what you said, hey, this guy just thinks he can do whatever he wants, and that's not, in fact, true. You money, have to follow money, process. Is no, money is not endless. Yeah. Money is not endless. And it, the problem is Twitter sucks now. Yeah. It, 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 it is. I've never been a, a huge fan of Twitter because I think it creates Twitter tough guys. And yeah. now you've taken away Twitter police, so there's abuse everywhere. There's racism everywhere. There's... You know, like whether it's LGBTQ or minorities or protected classes, there's no place for that, the, for protected classes on Twitter. Yeah. You can't have conversations on Twitter because now like everything else, like, Hey, there's no back and forth. It's just my opinion's the only opinion. And now it's fact. Like you can't have open, honest discussions with people. And it's really sad. And the other thing is like, you look at threads or. TikTok or there's there's nowhere on social media where it's a positive. There's nowhere. And it's really too bad because social media is supposed to be about relationships. Yeah. And it's really not. Instagram I think Instagram sadly has become really the only place where you can go and share anything of yourself. And you can control who comments, you have full control over your comments like you can report spam, you can report abuse, like, and I, I never thought I would say this. Meta's doing a better job than Twitter. Meta's doing a better job than Twitter, and I can't believe I'm saying that. It's wild. And I think with 100% confidence, I say Elon Musk has been an abject failure at Twitter. There's just no other way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. There's no other way to look at yeah, it. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's all self-inflicted, you know? I, I Again... You, it all goes back to what you said. He couldn't set his pride aside, and now he's in a in a really tough position, and he's probably going to wind up playing the the long play here, and Twitter's going to suffer. And by the way, 
Speaking of meta, I don't know, like, Threads doesn't seem to be getting traction for as great as it was in the first week. I don't use it. I have an account. I don't use it. Yeah, and I think that's most people. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's see. Roundabout says Twitter will never be a thing. Oh, it was a thing. There's no question about it. It was absolutely a thing. Um, Truck Stop Gumby says X marks the spot, apparently. Apparently. Tanner says er as in emergency room. Yeah. ER. Yeah, it's weird, dude. Boyd, uh, Boyd Lake, the SEO king of the world. What's up, Boyd? What's up, dude? Hope, hope life in Texas is good. Tanner Plummer, who's done a worse job, George with the pack or Elon with Twitter? Seriously. Uh, Roundabout says, I just like that Elon is a huge middle finger to the woke movement. But again, there's that word. The woke movement. Yeah, I'm not really sure what that means. What does the woke movement have to do with Twitter? Like people getting upset. And this all goes back to like all the Trump, you know, misinformation on elections in January 6th, and his ban from Twitter and Google and Facebook. And that's really all this was about. Right. And it's it, it really has the misinformation around the elections in January 6th. And that's that changed our country forever. It changed the way we relate as Americans forever. Yeah. And there's no going back. And it's not a good thing. Like the word woke is that nobody knows how to define that. What woke really means is you don't agree with it. So it's wrong. That's that's what it means. Like you look at. Like this, this whole thing in Florida or this whole thing in Texas, the ideology of all of these political opinions that are not based in fact. Like whether you're a liberal or a conservative or a Democrat or a Republican, the problem is we can't have conversations anymore. We're too busy investigating people in Congress and having no tangible resolution on things like, hey, how do we keep our Supreme Court justices from being bought and paid for? Mm -hmm. How are we like this thing with the advocates we're working on with them in the road home? How are we paying? How are we, you know, supporting homeless kids without ripping their parents as drug addicts or losers or it doesn't matter what their parents did. He's a 10 year old kid. She's a 12 year old kid who's trying to figure out how to survive the school hours of the day because they get they get you know bullied for not having underwear and socks on but we don't want to talk about that we want to rip their parents yeah like we've lost the ability to have conversations in this country because we think our opinion's the only opinion because on twitter we can be mean and say hurtful things to people yeah it's it's crazy to me and elon has taken twitter Straight into the people thought, oh, Twitter's going to explode and everybody's going to go there. And people have left Twitter in droves. Yeah. And where did everybody, did they go to what's Donald's plot? Truth, so, Truth Social? Yeah. Nobody went to Truth Social. Nobody went to Truth Social. Nope. It, it, people have gone back to Facebook a little bit, but what's really exploded? TikTok. Everybody left Twitter and went to TikTok because on TikTok, you don't get bullied. On TikTok, you can't use the N-word and you can't call people, you know, slurs about their, you know, class or yeah. their 
because TikTok actually polices it. Yeah. And when you want to bitch about the rules at TikTok, you got to go to the Communist Party in China. Right? It's ridiculous to me that we went to TikTok because Twitter's gotten so bad. Like, think, let that sink in. Right? No matter where you come down politically, it's crazy to me that this is where we are. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jeff says, woke means I was tired. Then I took a buckshot. Now I'm woke. See, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, MH5, Twitter going the way of Hotmail and MySpace. Seriously. Seriously. And it doesn't yeah. have to be that way. But it is. It doesn't have to be that way. Um, big bad brass balls. Free speech is only possible when you don't have arbitrary censorship by political ideologies that have been ruining these varied organizations. I would agree, but free speech isn't free. And I think this is a really interesting conversation. Like you're free to use the end bomb anywhere you want, but there are repercussions for that. You're free to, to drop slurs on people anywhere you want. But there are repercussions for that. Like this CEO of a, of a financial company that went into an ice cream shop and ordered a peanut butter milkshake without peanuts. And then when he found out there was peanut butter in the peanut butter milkshake, he went back in and was yelling and screaming and ranting and cursing and insulting these high school girls because it turns out his son has a peanut allergy. Then why did you order a peanut butter shake? Because you wanted to come back in and throw the shake at them and then try to break down the door until they called the cops. The cops arrested you and now you lost your job. He's, his house is up for sale. Like, and people are like, well, that's free speech. It's not free speech. Yeah. Because you can't work for our financial company. You're, you're convicted and you settled. Oh, by the way, you know the other thing that came out last week about this dude? You know FINRA, the financial people that yeah. oversee financial advisors? Yeah, they're investigating him. And because of this incident, they investigated him and found financial improprieties. Um, about the way he reported income and he limited deposits and allegedly tried to hide money so he could pay for improvements on his house and buy boats and cars and mm. vacations on unreported funds. So free speech is not free. Go ahead, insult those girls and f there's freedoms. Throw that shake. You're free to throw that shake, but there are repercussions. So when we talk about, you know, like freedom, freedom of speech, freedoms, there's freedom of speech. Say what you want. Just know that there are repercussions. Uh, Ron says, when the wokes were trying to burn down my business, I stopped, stopped trying to be understanding. Your problems aren't my problems, dude. Okay, I don't know what that means. Uh, Saul Goodman says Facebook. <laughs> Kevin says Twitter was never good in my opinion. Always good for, from, I think I joined in 2010 to like 2016-ish, 2015-ish. And then everything got crazy. Yeah. Everything got crazy. Clinton Moses, uh, Clint Moses, being woke was about believing in reptilian humanoids. <laughs> Gregory Krug, Elon Musk is an intelligent man who wants to attract unintelligent people. And it's crazy. I guess so. It's crazy. OG Gary, Insta is mid too. Meta will do and censor whatever the politicians tell them to do. And what they tell them is good or not. 
Yeah. I've had no problems with Instagram. Yeah, it's been fine for me. It's been fine. Gary says, I still like Insta, but it's gotten mid and meh. Could be. We need to investigate Dragon Ball Girl, the girl last week who filed lawsuits <coughs> um, because she <coughs> ate a really spicy Thai pepper in something called a Dragon Ball. And she said it burned her throat and mouth and changed her voice. She's permanently damaged. Yeah, and then it turns out that um, she forgot that uh, spicy food doesn't actually burn you like fire or chemicals. Uh, it causes a sensory reaction. Oh. Yeah. Truck Stop Gumby Monty book, yes. Freedoms have consequences. Guns, yes, they do. You are free to pull out. You are free to pull out your gun. That's when everything changes. Boyd Lake, uh, the blue checks were being abused, bought and sold, and the bots were crazy. Bots on Twitter were. Yeah. But bots on Twitter have gotten far worse. Look at the Big 12 story. Go check the bots on the Big 12. We had the athletic director at Colorado respond to a bot on Twitter. Yep. <laughs> How? Because it, it, it's gotten worse. Uh, Tom, Twitter is the best social media platform if you're good with uncensored. Reddit is good too. But the problem with Twitter is I use Twitter as a way to post. I, you can't conversate with people. It's really, it's really too bad. Uh, the Twitter files, no bueno. Uh, I agree. Rick Forrester, uh, free speech, but you can't scream fire in a cinema. Totally agree. And here's my other question. Do you wash your feet in the shower? Before we get out of here, ooh, little exhaust there. Before we get out of here, my wife sent me a story about some Hoda Kabota show. And I think it's Hoda and Jenna Bush doing some, whatever show they do. Is that a real question? And they had an argument about if you, in the shower, if you bend down and wash your feet. And I said, no, I don't do that. Hell no. I do not bend down and wash my feet. Now, I bend down and wash my legs because I always have like sun, sun spray, uh, like sunblock. Yeah. I have like, a, during, when I golf, I use bug spray. So like, yeah, I bend down and put body wash on my legs. Mm -hmm. I've never washed between my toes or, and I have perfectly nice feet. My feet are actually one of the things I like most other than the incredible tan line <laughs> I have from golf right now. <laughs> but. Do you bend down and wash your feet? No. Never thought to do it. I wash my legs. Never thought to do my feet. Now, I have to, like, if you go to the beach. Yeah, there are exceptions. There, when you walk and your feet are dirty or you walk, okay, that's different. I've never once on a reg, because I shower every day. I'm a shower in the morning guy, brush my teeth at night. You know, like, I don't shower at night, depending, if I golf, I, tr I shower at night. But I shower, brush my teeth in the morning, brush my teeth at night, shower in the morning again. I've never not one time thought about washing my feet. Yeah. No, it's never crossed my mind. And is, I think it, that, is that weird? I don't think it's weird. I, I, I think that people take things to extremes. There's no, like, unless you've been walking around barefoot outside or you went to the beach or what, I mean, what you know, the certain, like hiking yeah. maybe, like, you know, the certain situations. But outside of those, I don't think you need to. I think it's fine. I think it's really weird. Yeah, I think it's that fine. People want to go and like say, oh, you got to wash your feet. 
I, I, I don't know. Uh, Boyd Lake, true fact, water and soap react to gravity. Yeah, you know what I mean? Okay. Roundabout says, my wife put these foot scrub things in the shower, but I won't use them because they tickle my feet. <laughs> you know. I'm with you on that. Raider, oh no, Greg Swain. Think about how much soap and shampoo your feet are standing in for 15 minutes. And my feet smell like rosebuds. I'm sure they do. Right. But I, I, I just have never thought about it. Yeah. Like, the, the, but on my legs, like, you, ha- you can't lay in bed with suntan lotion no, or dude, you gotta clean sunblock your spray or yeah. bugs. Like, you don't want that on your sheets. Yeah, that's not And cool. cultured people like me that use a top sheet, he doesn't use a top sheet. I, communist. Anyway, the point is, I don't wash my feet. Yeah. I, it's, it's weird to me, you know. Uh, Boyd Lake, if you want to slip and break your neck, you put wet, slippery soap on your feet in the shower. That's what Could I'm be. saying, dude. Could be. Saul Goodman, bend over. Right. I know, bend over, like Dover, Delaware. Uh, Jimmy Otson, Jakey doesn't wash below the two holes. I've heard Q that about Janus. I've heard that about you. You back to front, guys. I'll tell you. Uh, do you wash your? Uh, do you wash back to front, Jake? No. Gotta have a body um. here. Gotta have one. JJ Berea, I don't bend down to wash my feet. I pick my feet up on the opposite knee and wash my feet. You do? Hmm. A, nice job balancing like that. B, I just don't have I. I don't know. Like my I I don't know how, but I have like really good. I have like really good skin on my feet. Like. Mm-hmm. It's probably because I wear socks all the time. Yes. I'm not a big walk around the house without socks on guy. Right. But even like if we're on vacation, like when we go to Hawaii, my feet don't get all like peely or dirty or I wear flip flops all the time in Hawaii. Yeah. I think if you're a regular flip flopper or, or Birkenstock person, you're, you're the, your feet are going to be more rough, right? I mean, the bottom of your feet are obviously going to be a little rougher because you're walking around without socks and shoes and like, you know, it's just different. Saul Goodman. Does Jake drop the soap voluntarily? No. Okay. Does prime wash his toes? <laughs> you can't stop. Damn. That's cold blooded roundabout. Uh, Greg Swain. I probably did back when I could reach my feet. You can't reach your feet. Fat. Look, if I can reach my feet, you can reach your feet. I, I don't know. I, Yeah. Are there people who can't bend down and reach their feet? I'm sure there are. I've never thought about that. I haven't either. That's not been an issue for me. Uh, Truck Stop Gumby, what's a top sheet exactly? Thank you. Clinton Mose, Jakey, no top sheet. Exactly. Jakey, two clots, no top sheet. Matt Ritson, wash my feet, don't carry sand in the house. Yeah. Don't carry sand in the house. Exactly. (laughs) Roundabout says no top sheet? Nah, dog. Uh, Greg Swain, Ben Dover shared a jail cell with Fletch for molesting a dead horse. Hugh Janus. <laughs> OG Gary says, I right, see you tomorrow. Rick Forrester says, I have, sho- I, I have shower sear, so I just put on the seat and wash them. You have a seat in your shower? I miss having a bench in my shower for other reasons. Got to let those dogs breathe, though. You do. Scock. All right. Do you want to do... Um, do you want to do Oppenheimer today? Sure. Last okay. story, then we're going. Real quick. So we saw Oppenheimer 
in the theater. Yeah. First of all, that's the I, we were in a packed IMAX theater. I was incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah, you still have a bunch of anxiety about this. Like you still have uncomfortableness. Oh, I hated every second of it. I hated every second of it. I, the I, like, coronavirus. I'm, yeah, I'm worried about every booger eating mouth breather that was around me. Uh-huh. Like the great unwashed, you commoners. Like I'm kidding. Uh, it was uncomfortable for me. Totally. Like we're going to the Foo Fighters concert in a couple of weeks. At least that's outdoors, right? I I hated every minute of the movies. The movie itself was in IMAX. This particular theater chain couldn't execute IMAX. So it was way too loud. They played a promo for a movie that I just don't understand why it was made. Why couldn't there be an actor and writer strike right before they started writing Exorcist (coughs) with these two girls (coughs) coming back and playing on the old Exorcist movie? Nah, bro, I don't need that. Yeah. I, it was so loud, I had to cover my ears. Yeah, it was excessively loud. And then the re- in the previews, they couldn't get some of the previews because the screen was just black and there was audio playing. Then when the movie started, all that other shit kind of faded into the background. And the movie was actually a four out of five stars. I'll be honest with you, it did not live up to the hype. I thought that the script was fine, but... It would be like James Cameron doing like a $10 million movie budget. You just expect more from Christopher Nolan. I didn't expect like some action-packed movie. It's Oppenheimer. The story is not action-packed. But even the action scenes in the movie were pretty mundane. Like in Oppenheimer, they, they set off a bomb. And even that part was like, oh. So from a Christopher Nolan standpoint, it was a two out of five. Agreed. From a movie perspective, it was a four out of five. The acting was Emily Blunt should be Tom Brady's next girlfriend. Yeah, you know, the thing, the the, the positives, in my opinion, were, yes, the outright acting I thought was fantastic. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Like, the cast is, I even thought Matt Damon's role was was really solid. Yeah, like, phenomenal. really good. The cast, no problem. But I think the problem is we're so spoiled on what Christopher Nolan can produce that when it doesn't meet that bar, we're like, oh, what the hell is this, right? Like, I, I like the list is endless, right? I mean, you guys all know the movies. You Interstellar. Know, Interstellar, Dark Knight, Inception. Like, I wanted Interstellar. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted, that level of action film, and I didn't get that. Yeah, and I wasn't, for whatever reason, this is probably a me thing. I, I probably just had this wrong mentally. I wasn't going into the movie expecting it to be about the the mental struggle or the mental responsibility the political side of dropping bombs on hiroshima and nagasaki i wasn't going into that's the movie what it, ex- that's really what yeah. it was I, I i was more going into it like okay cool this is about the atomic bomb this has huge potential to be a really cool thing because in the promo the hype reel what do you get all the explosions and the cool effects and like all this great stuff so I was going in thinking, okay, this is a Christopher Nolan movie. I know what to expect. I know I'm going to get great music. I know I'm going to get great, great action, whatever that action is but in this film. It's also a, a, a script based on history. And I thought they did an excellent job executing the history yeah. of the events 
because they're actual events, right? This actually happened. I thought the actors did great service to the history of, of the story. I thought the script did great service to the history of the story. As a movie, it's a four out of five. Mm -hmm. As a Christopher Nolan movie, it's not one of his best We've words. had better. It's it's not... It, it You can't compare it to The Dark Knight because it's not a cartoon movie. You can compare it to Inception and Interstellar, and it just isn't on that level. But even... I don't know. I guess I disagree a little bit about the Dark Knight because yeah, the Dark Knight is Batman, right? But but the Dark and a Knight, true story. But the Dark but Batman, Knight. Batman's not a true story. Right, right, right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The thing with Batman is that the acting plus the music was so top notch you forgot it was a was a was a cartoon character movie, right? It was that good. This movie. I just was like, all right, dude. And maybe uh, to your point, maybe it was a theater. I fully intend on seeing the movie again. Like, I, 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 maybe it was just this theater because I agree, some execution issues. The la I can't tell you the last movie I saw on IMAX. So I think going in, I expected IMAX to be fire. Like, I expected it to be awesome. Yep. And, and that doesn't mean it has to be excessively loud. I expect really full, balanced sound with a huge screen. Not over the top loud, and it was loud to the point several times where I had to cover my ears, like like you did, and and that's not an enjoyable experience. But the music overall, I thought was pretty good for the movie. Like, yeah, it's definitely a must go, like a must see. But I just, I don't know, I I expected better. Yeah, I, mm, yeah, I think it's it's an interesting conversation. Um, roundabout, I heard the movie ended with a real bang. But the bomb dropping isn't the end of the movie. Yeah. I get what you're saying, man. Saul Goodman, why does it shock women when a guy pees in the shower? I don't know. I pee in the shower. I'll be yeah. honest with you. Uh, Tanner Plummer, well, it's a history movie. They're going to include some facts that many people aren't are thinking, are, but that has nothing yeah, to do with the not, problem. That's, it has sorry, nothing dude, that, to do yeah. with it. Yeah. it. There's no need for this movie to be an IMAX. There is no need for it to be an IMAX. None whatsoever. I mean, I thought that uh, there's, it's not a need to be an IMAX. I thought it was cool to see it in IMAX. I think, to your again, if the theater had executed it properly, I think it would have been a great experience. I need to see it in standard. I need to see it in a regular theater. Boyd Lake, Interstellar was amazing. Yes, yeah. it was. In, in my point about, we were talking about in our member-only group chat, the thing that I'm missing with Oppenheimer that I got in Interstellar was when I watched Interstellar for the first time, which didn't happen until this year, I left that movie the first time I watched it in my apartment on my TV like, wow, dude, like that hit me. I didn't, this movie didn't do that to me. At Not all. at all. Not at all. Uh, Gary says, all hydrogen, no boom. See what he did there. But it's a really good film. It's a it really good script. There's really good acting. You can hang on to it. There's gratuitous nudity. I mean, I mean, it's everything you like. Yeah. Clint Moses, back-to-back -back World War champs. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, truck Stop Gumby, so how did it end? Not going to divulge that. Not going to divulge. Too soon. Tanner, Interstellar was great, but the ending was a little confusing. It was? What do you mean? What was how confusing? How was the ending confusing at all? Of Interstellar? What were you? I need you, to understand he, what you're I confused he, about. I think he means Inception, the way Inception ended, which confused In, everybody. Yeah. 
But that was the point of how it ended. You know. Uh, Paxton says, still live. What's y'all's hours? Usually usually it is it is 2 to 5 Pacific. So 5 to 8 Eastern. But we don't we don't have, we don't have it on time. No rules. Rick Forster, they're not even show the Enola Gay dropping the bomb. Okay. They never showed the bomb being dropped. Uh, severe. Oppenheimer or Dunkirk? Oh, uh, I think it's fuck. two different styles. Dunkirk though. is so... Yeah. Dunkirk is so intense. Intensely violent. It's so intense. And it is so hard to watch. I didn't like Dunkirk for that reason. That was a hard movie to get through. Yeah. Dunkirk is like... Um, the war movie. Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Yes, it's intense. It's in hard your face, to watch. People yeah. dying. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, Tanner says, I wish Batman was a true story. Greg Swaim says, how many liberal kids don't know that if uh, it weren't for Oppenheimer's toy, a lot of their great-grandparents would have died in the Pacific? Well, they'll know now because the story tells that exact tale. And he struggles with being a Jew that's, um, you know, why, you know, has the science and experience to help the Germans and, you know, you know, they, they question him as an American and his loyalty and is he a communist? And I mean, it's a, it's amazing. It really, the story is excellent. Deleric, it's a four out of five movie, but for a Christopher Nolan movie, it's a two out of five. It is. Yeah, dude, I agree completely. Yeah. I think that, yeah. Uh, Tim Burton made better Batman movies than Chrissy Poo. No, Get he didn't. Get the hell out of here, dude. The Dark Knight is phenomenal. Uh, Tanner Plummer, I don't think you can compare Oppenheimer to other Christopher Nolan movies. Comparing history movies to fantasy movies is apples to oranges. Yeah, that's your opinion. I mean, genre-wise, sure. But it's Christopher Nolan. Yeah. I expect... I expect visual greatness the essence of being a filmmaker is building a resume christopher nolan has a resume now he has a ledger of greatness so when he puts out a movie you're like okay hey it's nolan i know what i'm getting i'm going to see Uh, that well roundabout makes a good point maybe that was the point christopher nolan wanted to show he could do another type of movie sure maybe I'm disappointed to hear your disappointment. It, but you guys, you should see this movie in the theater. Yeah, here is clearly. It's a great movie. It just it's by a four, Nolan. It's a four out of five stars. And it's not five out of five because you expect more, greater, bigger bang from Christopher Nolan. And you don't need to see it in IMAX. You don't need to see it in IMAX is what I would say. Uh Better call Saul. Haven't been to the movies in I don't know how long. It's been a while. You should go. Uh, OG Gary, soft person tendencies. Well. Yes. Uh, Greg Swaim, Oppenheimer saved millions of Americans in World War II. Not so much. Well, I mean, that's a that's probably a different show. Yeah, it's a but, different conversation. I mean, we had time for that. Yeah. Uh, roundabout. Didn't realize it was an IMAX movie. And Christopher Nolan yeah. encourages people to see it in IMAX. And I... Hmm. You know, yeah. Giggity, uh, did the film address the forced removal of the families near the test site? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It talks about building the town. It talks about, you know, the, the, 
It doesn't get into it. Yeah, they don't feature the families or really get into no. it. It just briefly touches on that concept. No. Rick Forrester, uh, they never talk about five Russian spies stealing work from Los Alamos. They do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, actually. they do. Yeah, they do. Um, let's see. A couple more. Uh, Tanner Plummer, the ending was good in Interstellar. But, but the part that confused me was that how did humanity make the sphere like... Okay. Uh, Tanner, I'm not seeing Barbie. Sadly, my brother and cousin are going to see it. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> That's fine. Uh, you know, Paxton, Monty, do you remember Flash Gordon from the 80s? Yes. Yes. By the way, you guys. By the way. I did cancel my DirecTV service yesterday. I've had DirecTV for... It's got to be 20 years. It's a massive change in my life. Yeah. I cut the cord yesterday. Yeah. And I can't believe I'm actually saying it out loud. It's wild, isn't it? It is wild. Now. We'll have to how see much, how we. Before we go. Yeah. How much How much are you going to care about the pricing of the Jazz TV deal? Or the. Or, A lot now. Right. I don't know. Is K-Jazz on YouTube TV? I'm not sure. Because that's where I'm going. Yeah. That's where I'm going. We'll talk about it. Yeah. The Monty Show, as always, presents by our good friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com. You got a dollar? You got $5? You got $10? If you could be so generous, please send a Venmo to Advocates Donations. They're working with the road home to send homeless kids to school with the clothing and basic needs like socks, underwear, pants, a shirt that so many homeless kids don't have. Those are things we all take for granted. Literally, any amount that you can donate, please do. Advocates, donations, theadvocates.com. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.